What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our Game of Fire podcast. Um, so I don't think Zach has. I know I haven't, but um, I haven't seen the new Sound of Freedom movie yet, and I really want to. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, Zach and I are going to start reaching out to some companies that, or, or organizations, I should say, that work to prevent, stop, um, you know, bring awareness to human trafficking, sex trafficking, child trafficking, all of that, right? So human trafficking in general, and to bring them on, have a conversation. I've written a few. I do have one um, agreed to come on. I'm not going to put them out there yet. Um, they are, uh, should be here in maybe a month or so uh, just with their schedule. But it's something that we're actively working on, and we'll probably have, hopefully have, I should say, a few episodes uh, talking about that with some people actually doing doing some work for that um, and we want to use our platform to raise awareness at least and um, it'd be great to get info out there what this looks like how to prevent it hopefully some success stories um, you know just just good information that people can use and um, but yeah I just wanted to say that so cool yeah no, I definitely want to watch that movie as well um, it's at every theater now. It's not like select theaters. It's not like hidden. Right. Because I know for a while they like weren't going to just bring it out at all. Well, yeah. It's so stuck behind it, copyright laws or whatever. Copyright laws. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly Disney had it for like three years and didn't do anything with it. I guess it was like a fully complete movie and it just sat there. Um, I don't know the full story. I don't think mm-hmm. you know anybody really does probably because no one's behind those closed doors. No one that I know anyway. But I have seen a bunch of stuff out there of people going to the movie theater, and you know a lot of people buy their tickets online now, and they'll go and they'll see there's only like a couple of seats available, so they just buy whatever seats are available and they go to the movie theater, and then there's no one there. There's like six people there. And they're like, yo, online this said that it was booked. Like I was getting one of the last couple seats. And um, and then I've seen a bunch of other people. And, you know, they're all over the country too, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, I, there's only a couple of movie theater companies that come off, you know, off the top of my head. You know, like AMC, Cinemark, right? Regal. Yeah, sure, there you go, right? And um, people are like, the air conditioning cut off or they're having technical difficulties. Like, let me just put it this way. My first job was a movie theater on, on a really small base in Germany. If my half-assed 17-year-old brain could, could run a movie without screwing it up, right? How many movies have you been to that were screwed up? Like, I've been in movies before. Yeah, exactly. I've been in movies before where, like, there was, like, a glitch with, like, the digital thing, and then they fixed it immediately. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, normally, like, there's some sort of recompense for it. Well, I've never just, you know, seen all these movie theaters or been in a movie theater. It's like, oh, the AC cut off. Well, you can watch the movie, but, it, you know, it's it's going to be 89 degrees in here. Like, I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is, it is really weird. I don't think it's circumstance. Just my personal opinion. Um, you know, I, I don't know anybody that's had issues like that going to a movie theater before. Literally, the only issue I ever had going to movie theater was going to see the one of the worst historical movies ever, and it's Alexander with Colin Farrell playing Alexander the Great. And I literally got up and walked out of that movie because it was so terrible. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Somebody tried to somebody tried to get me to leave Gods and Generals too, and I was like, it was a, it was a chick. I was like, you can leave. You, I'm watching Gods and Generals. This is a Civil War epic. Go home. I don't care. 
Like seriously, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, this is a. F- yep. Yeah, I know this is a four-hour movie. You said you were okay with coming into this, right? So yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have a civil war before this is a civil union and prevent it from ever happening. Get out of the theater watching this movie. I want to see. I want to see what happens at the end. I don't know. Uh, well, Just kidding. The union they wins. Up. They break up, but they have to get back together. They, they did, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then there's this whole thing, time period called the Reconstruction. You know, mm. yeah. It but uh, for like, those uh, who don't, go ahead. The Reconstruction's like when they went and saw like their uh, like marriage counselor. <laughs> Two Christmases, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's something. There's got to be a really good analogy out there for it. I won't somebody, it. somebody has one. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Put it in the comments. Put in the comments. Let us know. Yeah. I want to hear it. If you if you liked Alexander, let me know why in the comments so I can block yeah. you. <laughs> remove you from our, from our you. fire fans. I know we don't have a lot of followers. We're very thankful for the ones we do have. They don't come at me about Alexander. Just put it that way. You will be gone. <laughs> Affirmative. Yeah, man, that movie is so terrible, dude. I wish somebody would, would try and do it again because if you've ever read any history about him it is such an amazing life and there's so much lore around him too that you can include in a movie you know what i mean like why mm-hmm. you know that whole the whole you know like horse's shadow thing and then you know how he died and the mis- mystery around him you know spreading his empire around. you know it's just there's so much to it you know the mm-hmm. mystery like you said it they, it, I just feel like it's like one of those things where it's like, it's like Jello. It is so hard to screw up. Like, how did you screw it up? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like, and I don't know, dude. Colin Farrell was not the right actor for that movie, in my opinion. I don't know who the hell I'd gotten to play Alexander the Great, but it would have been him. Ask you. Yeah, I was just about to ask you who, would you, who would you put up? Man, when did that movie come out? Like, 04? Something like that? 03? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if, if I had to pick somebody today, right? Like modern, yeah. like actors in 2023, that's Ryan a great question. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no I don't really Reynolds. see. I don't see Ryan Reynolds as like a a really big like historical actor. Like I know he's done some some serious stuff, but um, nah, man, he he's he's Deadpool. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's he's the dude from Waiting. That's Ryan Reynolds was, to me. I was just saying Ryan Reynolds because I feel like if you just is that your man crush? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, okay. Who's, who's it's Zach's man's crush is Ryan Reynolds. That's yeah. good. Is yours not? Who's nope. yours? I don't. I don't have one. Oh. Well. I guess one. like I guess if I like if there was like a, a male actor that I was like I would literally watch anything that he's in. Mm-hmm. It's Harry Cal- Harry Cavill for sure. Like from The Witcher, okay. Superman, yeah. right? I like him. I, dude, The Witcher is awesome. I bought the books to read them. I haven't sucks. read them yet, but it sucks he's not going to be in the next season. I know, dude. And he said he walked away because of like some issue with the writers and the moving too far off the storyline. But yeah, and then he said, "Well, I'm going to focus on being in Superman again." And then they took him off the Superman project. It's like, dude, someone something's got to give. We can't have you know whatever his name is, little brother Liam Liam Hemsworth, right? Isn't yeah. that who it's going to be? I being Dude, that what the fuck? Unless like, he becomes like extremely mature and like brooding mm-hmm. very quickly, it's not gonna work. No, dude, he has two. Like Henry Cavill has, you know, that chiseled jaw, that like mm-hmm. that big brow. Like he just looks like Geralt. 
you know and so to have so many so many soft features like liam hemsworth like and how many songs has miley cyrus written about henry cavill zero you know what i mean so he's got that against him too so i mean i just i just don't want to I'm going to cry. I'll just put it that way. It's just going to be so weird. It'd be like if in the middle... So think about like the Harry Potter movies, right? They had Sir Richard Harris as Dumbledore, the first, what, two movies? Yeah, but, but then he died. Yeah. And they had to, they had to replace him. Could yeah. you imagine in, in the Goblet of Fire, they were like, Daniel Radcliffe is no longer Harry Potter. It's whoever, right? Everyone would be like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. what kind of great value brand Harry Potter is this? That's yeah. kind of how I'm going to feel like when watching season four of The Witcher. So, to, I don't know. I'm to, hoping... go back to, your, to go back mm-hmm. to your Miley Cyrus thing, I was thinking, mm-hmm. like, imagine if Miley Cyrus made a cover of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't... I don't even want to think about that. And, and speaking of Cavill, uh, or Henry Cavill, he's, gonna, he's about to be James Bond, I think. He's about to be 007. Yeah, that that is gonna be fucking epic, dude. And if he's 007, like, cause like, so Daniel Radcliffe, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Craig. I was Daniel Craig, yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Daniel Craig, great 007. Absolutely, he's my favorite to this day. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's because he's the first 007 where like they took 007 away mm-hmm. from being like the quirky goofy spy movie yeah. type thing so yeah like it's serious real world could potentially yeah. happen today like that type yeah. of stuff well it's like um, I, the pierce bras the movies are really cheesy you know what i mean and there's there's some really show. cheesy I, I was just about to say that and i think it's because that's what we grew up with and yeah. if you're if you're in our age group what kid did not have a nintendo 64 and goldeneye you know yeah, what i mean true. that was like yeah. the first first person shooter that everyone like fell in love with there's so many nights i've spayed spent they, up playing goldeneye you know they remade but... that game on the xbox 360 and they put daniel craig in it and it just like it looked great and it played mm-hmm. the same but it just didn't feel right it didn't feel it's right. different well yeah. so i on my switch you can have they have goldeneye on like the 64 package oh, and wow. it's so dude it's just so weird like to play it because first off all these games that are out right now have ruined old gaming for me you know mm. like minus, minus a few games like some of the old like Zelda games like Link to the Past or like even the Mario games like Super Mario Brothers All-Stars yeah Super Mario Brothers World those aren't ruined I play those Mm -hmm. all the damn time I show my daughter I show my son even though he's two has no idea what's going on like I love those those are like made me think of like Saturday mornings at Fruity Pebbles you know but no it's just the truth you know I but i try i try every morning today i fucking i just told my wife dude so like people don't know this about me but i love to cook and i cook really well and i'll you know that's that's the truth Damn. and um yeah my i make cheesecake homemade cheesecake and i told her today i'm like dude next cheesecake i'm i'm literally whipping in a box of fruity pebbles and that's going down dude. yeah oh yeah it's Post going down it on the page I want a picture I should. of the Three Pebbles Cheesecake okay. on the I Came With Fire podcast Instagram. Done and done. And done. I'll do that. Now, and I want uh, the sickest music you can find. Like, it doesn't even match. Mm. Like, actually, no. I want it to be, like, sensational sexual music. Like. Well, I, I, the first thing that came to my mind was, like, Barry White or Luther yes. Vandross. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you're, like, like you're slapping Let's get it on. With, like, Let's get it on. <laughs> it, like, jiggles. Oh no! It doesn't jiggle. Isn't it supposed to, like it doesn't jiggle before it sets? 
no? Oh yeah, you when you yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, that's kind of like one of the things like how you test if it's done. You kind of like shake the mm-hmm. pie pan a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, when it's done, that's just like a dude. It's a brick. You know that trend that's out there right now where people are like. They go to a drive-thru, and they're like, oh, I ordered chocolate ice cream, and it's like soft-serve vanilla, and they rip it off the cone and turn around and chuck it at the person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you hit somebody with a slice of my cheesecake, they'd probably die. That's how they thick go, this shit is. It's a thick boy, dude. They go to cheesecake it's, comatose? Yeah. No. For real. Yeah. It's 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 serious. Like when you when you have a, when you have a slice of my cheesecake, yeah. No, it's like a boulder. When you have a slice of my cheesecake, you know. That you ate a slice of cheesecake. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's thick. Well, yeah. Well, when we meet up again, I want a slice. Like, you got it. I will no, make you a cheesecake. It's Good. Dude, yeah. I want yeah. <laughs> no, man. Daniel Craig, for sure, as of right now, is my favorite James Bond. Sean Connery, though, those old classics. Yeah. Like Roger Moore, like those. I like Sean Connery from like the classic James Bonds the best. Yeah. I feel That's like a lot of people. It is. Exactly. Like That's what I'm saying. Like, Daniel Craig, I feel like, though, like with Daniel Craig, the type of 007 he was will carry on with Henry Cavill. You know, and, yes. and I'll say this too, right? Henry Cavill is definitely a more attractive guy than Daniel Craig is. Nothing nothing against Daniel Craig. So they'll probably be like a little bit more of like the girl element that the Daniel lust. Craig's, right? I could see them doing that because obviously, yeah. like, Daniel Craig's James Bonds had, you know, some of that like torn, lost love, you know, with yeah, with, he was like yeah. always Casino Royale. Well, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, or she died right in Casino yeah. Royale. You know yeah. what I mean? And or so it was always that like sleeping with like four women per movie minimum. Exactly. <laughs> and let's be real, dude. Like Pierce Brosnan was pulling Sally Fields and and Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, like. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan is not that dude. And and do Sally feel back in the day, like like smoking the bandit? Definitely, definitely a hottie. But I'm just saying, man. To go from Stuart Dunmire, Dunbar- whatever freaking his name is, like a real estate mogul in San Francisco, in Mrs. Doubtfire, to the Queen's last line of defense, like, I'm sorry, dude. Robin Williams got the better of you for months dressed as a chick. Get out of my face with your BS, dude. Seriously. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, yeah. If Henry, if Henry Cavill gets uh, Bond, gets 007, I'm excited for a like because he'll get like what four or five movies. I would, I would assume. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Like, well, for, Craig, like, Craig had four, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So like, you're gonna get like four or five movies out, and you're probably gonna get like a movie every two, three years. So you've got like probably ten, ten years of just good, unless the directors suck. But usually, 007 oh. movies can't have a bad director. Yeah. So like, it's gonna. Uh, so you have ten years of just really good. Nah, I, I'm looking. Movies. I'm looking forward to it, man. And dude, yeah. So you can't you can't have Henry Cavill play Alexander because Alexander was really young and died really young. And I feel like Henry Cavill has kind of like passed that point where if he played Alexander, like it really it really wouldn't match. You'd be like, he's really yeah. old. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not that Henry Cavill is really old, but he's like too old for the role. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they had Michael J. Fox playing, you know, high school Marty McFly. That's a great movie, Back to the Future, but it doesn't, doesn't really jive. Doesn't really yeah. jive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, I don't um, know any like current like I guess young actors that could play him then that would like kind of fit. Like, I know. As crazy it might be, it, like it probably wouldn't fit, but. Could you grab like Zac Efron maybe? Like his no, personality wouldn't, wouldn't fit. No, I wouldn't. No, no. Mm-mm. 
Because I always think too, like I'm just thinking of him like looking young and chiseled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like I guess that time period. No, probably won't fit. I just don't see Zach Efron that way. I guess. That's fair. Yeah, it's like I always think too because they've never they've never made like a Zelda movie, so I always wonder like who would you get to play Link? And really, I, I no one comes to mind except now. Like I could kind of maybe see like Tom Holland playing Link. I could see yeah, I could see Tom Holland playing Link. You 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 put some you know ears yeah. on him, right? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And he has he kind of has those features because like. Link is not like super muscular. He's not built like Geralt or Rivia. You know what I mean? Like he is kind of he is. He's kind of small. You know what I mean? He's 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 muscular, but not in like a Witcher sort of way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I feel like Tom Holland could kind of fit that role pretty well. Just my personal opinion. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So tonight's episode uh, is another popcorn podcast, and um, I know, man. Zach's gonna Zach's gonna lead this one off, so I think I think uh, I'm ready to get into it. If you are, dude. Cool. So uh, we just had a whole bunch of like kind of fun conversations, but all my questions mm-hmm. are kind of more serious. So the fun might continue. Kind of depends on how you answer. Um, okay. But it it might have ended. So sorry if you're listening. The fun's over. We're getting serious now. Okay. Um, this first one's a little not too serious, but it kind of gets it kind of gets it moving. Um, do you think? Uh, there should be more requirements and scrutiny to become president of the United States. Yes, the answer is yes. Okay, do you do you know what the requirements are currently? So I know that there's an age limit. I want to say that is it it's thirty five, right? I'm, I believe so. Yeah, it's in the thirties. I can't remember the you exact know, I, number. Right, and I know you have to be you have to be an American citizen. And it's not just American citizen, you have to be born in the United States. Yeah, you can't be naturalized. Right. So you can't be a naturalized American citizen. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, there's no, I know that there's no requirement to be, um, you know, a prior military or even hold political mm-hmm. office, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as I know, I'm pretty sure those, those might be the only barriers. Okay, yeah. well, let me, let's look it up. Yeah, look it up. I don't, let's do Get it. Jamie on. I did a, I did a quick look up and, uh, I couldn't find really anything else. There's obviously stuff that like people think that there should be or whatever, but I'm pretty sure as long as you are an American citizen born mm-hmm. and uh, meet the age requirement, like you're good to go. What'd you find it? That's hot. Right <laughs> here. Natural born citizen, mm-hmm. uh, 35 years of age and have lived in the United States for at least 14 years. Oh, okay, that's what it yeah, says. It says these it, qualifications, this is Google, right? These yeah. qualifications have remained the same since George Washington accepted the presidency. Naturalized citizens are not eligible to run for president because they were not born in the United States. Uh, 22nd Amendment states that no person shall be elected to the office of the president more than twice. Yeah, we know that. Okay, so, cool. So, so, so let's think about this for a second. So currently, okay. so you could be a felon and run for the president of the United States. Pretty sure you can't, though. Why not? That wasn't a requirement. It wasn't. I'm pretty sure because you can't even. There's certain things you can't do as a felon. Can you run for <laughs> political office as a felon? I'm actually pretty sure you can't. Oh, can a convicted felon serve in U.S. Congress? Yes, as a president, as with the presidency, the U.S. Constitution has set few requirements for serving in Congress. Yeah. Interesting. So I guess you can. That's weird, so, man. So because we talked about that. We talked about that with Trent. 
mm-hmm. right? Felons mm-hmm. have, they do. There are certain things as a felon that you can't do. Like you can't yep. carry a gun. You can't carry a gun. You can't vote, right? Or can, right. can you vote? I'm pretty sure you can vote. Wow. You're asking a lot of that. questions we just don't know the answers to. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> can, I'm pretty sure felons can vote. Can felons vote? Because I know, like, if you're if you're in jail, can you vote? There's there's something where it's like if you're in prison or something or like convicted of something. It's like I know you lose your voting rights. For what something. I'm seeing right now is that it's a state by state thing. Because uh, all these different rules are coming up. Nebraska, if I'm a convicted felon, can I vote? Yeah. It says voting rights in Nebraska are are retained while incarcerated. Oh, so that so means I, you can vote while in Nebraska, apparely. Yeah, yeah so it seems like a state, state, state by state thing. Right. Okay. So. All right. So you could be a felon, become president. Mm-hmm. You could be a pedophile, become president. You could, you could be a murderer. Uh, well, I mean, president. let's, 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 let's take that back for a second. Cause I'm pretty sure there's already been a few of those as president. So. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so there's a lot of things because there's, there's just those three things, right? Live in four, live 14 years, be 35, be a born American. That's it. I'm eligible. You're eligible. I'm I eligible am. in five years. <laughs> this is not so, an endorsement. I could, wait. Is there an age limit for VP? Because if you if you become the P, can I be VP? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. It says Congress age limit. You have to be at least 25. So, okay, so I, I bet VP is probably 25 or something. But you asked. So, like, ask your question one more time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you said yes to it, but do you think there should be more requirements to become president of the United States? The follow on to that is what would be Gresham's more requirements? I think that, so I do not think that you should have to be a military veteran to be Mm -hmm. the president, but I do think you should have to have some prior civil service. Um, But with that, being said, I think that civil service or military service should be a requirement for every citizen. Um, so, and I say one or the other because we are in the military and we have met plenty of people who were like, you just sh- should not be here. And we don't, and I'm just going to be real with you, man. There are plenty of people I've worked at and like, I don't want you here because I don't trust mm-hmm. you. I could tell you really don't want to be here. I can tell this is just a paycheck for you and this is not for me, right? And uh, that when the going gets tough, you're not going to be there. Mm. And so um, I don't want a bunch of people who are forced into military service. Um, and I, I'm sure there would be plenty who are forced into military would be, you know, if they were forced into military service, who would do a great job. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be way more people in that are like, man, fuck, fuck this shit, you know? Yeah. And I so, no. the force thing, like mm-hmm. uh, forced militaries tend to not fight well. They tend to not have like a lot sure. of like like oh, yeah. behind that type of stuff because they're not the last they, time we had a draft yeah exactly they were conscripts are not good soldiers they don't no. fight for what you sent them to do because they don't believe in it because they didn't do it themselves so yeah yeah, yeah. I, I agree that so i think some sort of civil service either military or civil and i feel like you can have the option right and mm-hmm. it shouldn't it, you know you can't do it to where like the second you graduate high school, everybody's got to go do this. It would have to be like between the age of 18 and 25 or something like that, or 23 uh, to put like five years on it. You have to do at least. 
yeah, like you have to do two years of either military or civil service. And civil service could be anything, right? You, you know, it could be, yeah. yeah, you could be working for like the Bureau of Land Management or mm -hmm. you could be, you know, whatever, you know, something where you're serving your country and you are, you know, helping out the country. Um, or the so, community or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. You. So that's like that. Start small. You know. Start where you're at, kind of thing. Yeah. So if you're mm -hmm. doing some sort of civil service, helping your community, you know, in the grand scheme of thing, you're helping everybody, right? So, yep. um, so I think that should be a requirement for everybody. So I would throw that on there, um, mm -hmm. that I think that that is a is a thing that should happen. Um, so I would say you need to have some sort of civil or military service before serving. I also okay. feel. I also feel like. I have no idea how you would accomplish this, but there's so much money in politics that you would have, like, I, I would like it to where you, you know, you would just know that this person isn't being paid off by lobbyists, you know? Mm. And because that to me is one of the biggest cancers in American so would politics. Want, would you want to get rid of the super PACs? I mean, I, whatever it would take, you know, there, I don't, First off, I'm just going to preface this. Like I, we're talking about a fantasy world when we're talking about this, because yeah. that you're never going to eradicate that from politics unless something completely and totally drastic happened. Almost three um, percent of the population rises up. Right. It would take something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I mean, it'd be a good idea if you know. You, you were just talking about. We were talking about Formula One the other day, right? Mm -hmm. And those guys all wear jackets, and they've got their sponsors on their jackets. <laughs> Like I would love to see somebody. Yeah, you know, <laughs> for real, exactly. Like right on your back. You know what I mean? NRA. <laughs> NRA. Planned Parenthood. <laughs> yeah, they could go on and on and on and on. Yeah. Like why? For real? Like that's it. This is who owns my ass and why I'm talking about the things I talk about. So something like that. Um, this is a really good question because I have a lot of other ideas, not necessarily about like what what it should be prerequisites to be the president. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this, that there is a conversation to be had about four years not being long enough to really lead a country. Um, yeah, especially and today's like, age. Yeah, because let's be real. The way, our, the way our government is set up now, nothing happens. It, everything, it, it just is stuck. It moves so slow. If anything moves at all, getting anything that's that's partisan, bipartisan, mm -hmm. right, is is basically impossible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there you have to c deal with that. That's like one of the biggest hurdles. And then if you're, you have the potential to lose your leader every four years, the leader of your country. Um, you know, four years may sound like it's a long like a, time, but it's not. It's really not. So, like, I mean, I'm not vying for for like lifelong leadership. I'm not doing mm -hmm. that at all. Um, but I do really feel like make it six years. It, it could be six years, but what I'm yeah. getting at is these people that are, have run their country, right? Even if they even if they are dictators for the past forty years or twenty years or whatever, they mm -hmm. they know everything that's going on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like the difference between you know, an, an E4 and an E9, like, yeah, the e, right. You just, the, your knowledge base is so much broader. A good way to explain it would be like GS positions on a base. Like mm -hmm. usually you have like, you know, you have like the base commander. What is a GS commander. position, Zach? 
a GS position. I don't even know exactly what it stands for. Um, but it's like a, there's like GS1 through like GS like what, 14 or 13 or something? I, I know there's at least 14. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's just a pay grade. There's civilians who mm -hmm. work for the government um, under a contract similar to like how an enlisted airman would be, except they're not actually like fighting in the military. They're like desk jobs or support jobs and stuff like that. Um, I know like a GS like 14 is like equivalent to like what, like a colonel? I think like so. Pay-wise pay or whatever? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like a GS-5 equivalent to like a staff it's, sergeant or it's something. It's up there. It's up yeah. there. But anyways, um, and they have like a GS-14 is like the authority of a colonel sometimes. Like you can have like a deputy commander who's like a GS-14. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. When the commander takes time off, like yep. that guy's the commander. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what, what I was getting at there is that you have GS positions at bases and they're there for like 5, 10 15 oh, years dude. longer you know, than like, that there, yeah. there are civilians there are civilians where i work that have that retired when the cold war was still happening i was just gonna bring up a story if i had like a gs i think it was like 11 or 12 tell our squadron commander that it doesn't matter what he does in two years he's gone and he's going to continue on doing whatever he wants and his dude. stuff doesn't matter so <laughs> here's, here's the thing man that that happens in a lot of units and mm -hmm. It you know I I've seen it I've seen it firsthand, and that's the problem. Not to get off on too far of a tangent with your your uh, your question, but that is the problem with GS positions is that a lot of these guys it's damn near impossible to get rid of them unless they decide mm -hmm. to quit and vacate their position or retire. Mm -hmm. And like uh, there these are civilians that are coming to mind right now that I know of that this the gross incompetence and unwilling to change and work you know in in a a modern way it's it's a fight every time you have to 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 get them to do something and dude if, if this was target or whatever like you would just be fired yeah but to me it's like if you're impeding the progress of a squadron then you should be let go unless you can get on board then your ship has sailed see you later thanks for playing you know yeah. this i think a lot of them see this as this easy job that they can just write out until retirement and then go away and they don't care because they know that, that nothing can happen to them. And a lot of them will tell you that, which it, it just sucks because they are in charge of programs and they take up jobs that, you know, other people can have. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, there's, there's just a fine line, right? Between how long somebody can be president and what's too long. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, there's no way to know, right? Cause it would, there's so many different factors. It would go from person to person, you know, yeah. um, well, FDR was president for like, what, like 10 years, something like that. Yeah. Like all and of so, like pre-World War II, the end of World War, like until he right. died. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, I mean, he did have polio, but yeah, he, it could have been for long, longer than mm -hmm. that, you know, but all I'm getting at is that, um, while, while I say that people the, the office of the presidency can end at four years or it could end at eight or technically it could go from four years, a new president. And then the next person, that person that was president before gets another term, which has happened mm -hmm. one other time, you know? So in total eight years, uh, you know, could be separated by another term or it could be consecutive eight years, or you could just be the president for one four year term, right? Mm -hmm. Which we have seen as well. And all I'm saying is, is if you're going to have presidents, you know, that can hold office longer, there needs to be some sort of mechanism to say this person is no longer competent. And I know we have that in place, but, you know, it needs to be, 
there's again there's that fine line of what 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 becomes too easy to be like okay we we've done enough you know whatever we need to do behind the scenes to remove this person and it just becomes like you know like the roman empire where the praetorian guard is just killing off caesars because they don't like them and they're being paid off you know what i mean right so i'm not saying people are gonna start killing off presidents what i'm saying is being being removed it's like okay well you didn't do that see you later you didn't do this see you later right so but there at the same time there needs to be some sort of thing where you can, if you're going to have somebody in power, let's just say the term of a presidency goes to six years, like you said, or eight, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there maybe it should, maybe it could be eight. You know what I mean? Because that is the max one person can be president, right? Maybe it can be eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but but do you do you say that's your one term, or do you maybe you get another eight years, or you get from that point on, if you make it to eight years, you get one more term, but it's for four. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, I was gonna say like six. Like mm-hmm. you can still have two terms, but each term could be like six. So if you if you so it takes it to twice, twelve, it takes it mm-hmm. twelve. So technically, it was like three terms. You know, you have like today. I could see that because, because I think like 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 with Obama, right? You had Obama for eight years, right. and uh, his first four years was him, you know, trying to get a lot of things settled. Um, mm-hmm write the ship of things that his administration didn't like from the Bush presidency for eight years, a whole bunch of other stuff. Then the second four years was actually like true Obama presidency. Like the country is kind of under what Obama envisioned and his administration and stuff. So I think if you had, and that's basically what happens. Yeah. If you had six and six, then you could get like a good, like solid year, like eight years ish. If they got reelected of like that, ideology the way they wanted the country to go that type of stuff but then you run the risk of like if you had six years of a president you didn't like or that was let's just destroying things like could you imagine six years of hoover like well that's that's what i'm getting at if, if you're going to have if you're going to extend the term of a presidency mm-hmm. then you need to have some sort of mechanism in place to say this is this is this is becoming disastrous right mm-hmm. um but there needs to be a fine line about what those you need to you would need to outline those parameters very specifically and yeah. it would almost need to be like you know the the so nuclear things, codes yeah. right where where there has to be some sort of like two-thirds consensus right and you would have to have these other things in place that have to happen they're provable right mm-hmm. um and, and it's just like these again we're talking about these concepts as if people that are in these positions are you know, they're altruistic and they they actually care about the American people and mm-hmm. what what the government is supposed to stand for. But in a perfect world, for the sake of this conversation, you would need to have a mechanism like that so you yeah. can say, okay, this is this has gone on too long, right? Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of the thought processes behind having somebody in charge for four years. But yeah. the thing is, too, is is things move a lot faster now and a lot slower in some regards. You know, so a four. And- um, and the first presidency, presidency kind of seems like it's an outdated thing, in my yeah. opinion. I was saying, in recent administrations, they it's like a pendulum. You have one president for, for four years, and then the next one's going to mm-hmm. just – they spend the four years just reverting or removing everything. Right. Just everything so that like, guy said really is doing? bad. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not actually anything that is helping. It's just taking what everything, everything that other person did to dismantling it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's what. Just for it to be dismantled. 
Exactly. That's that's exactly what happened. You know, just to keep it current, right? That's exactly what happened when when Joe Biden took presidency. Mm-hmm. All these things that were the Trump policies, they were, he was like, "Oh, we're taking all this part. We're taking all this part." And now, you know, when you look, he's he's done quite a few things that Trump was already doing, right? You know, and, and this is is just yes. make America great again with a different title, basically, right? But I mean, all I'm saying is 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 that with those sorts of things i feel like are, are kind of necessary at this point and mm-hmm. you need you need a total remake of uh, you know the, the the house and the senate so you know and all that stuff but yeah um, my, my thing for presidency i would say you know civil service military service you don't need to be retired you know from military service or even other civil service you just need to have that experience mm-hmm. um the other thing too is i think you I mean, when you said scrutiny, like there's a ton of scrutiny already on people that are running for political office, um, you know, but I think that also goes into what I said about where their money is coming from and how mm-hmm. they spend their money. And I do. I feel like, you know, all of that stuff should be made public record. What you're doing should be public record. You are leading our country and you're supposed to be a representative for all of us. So yeah. nothing, I mean, you can't say nothing they do needs to be covert because there are obviously decisions the president has to make that not everybody is has the right or privilege to know, but because mm-hmm. of national security reasons or whatever, you know what I mean? But there are specific things that we, we should have access to and know, you know, um, can, if, you know, like you said, a felon, can they be president? And apparently they can, you know, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, those, are, those are going to be, you need so- to have some sort of distance between what you did you know yeah i was gonna i was gonna say obviously like the the ones that are already in place like american citizen born 14 years uh 35 but i was also gonna throw in like um you should probably have to pass like an iq test with like a minimum score Mm -hmm. i feel like um you should um let's see i just had it on the tip of my up like so with like the law stuff I think like certain laws were okay, but like if you ever committed murder, not you know, the president. If you ever yeah. like committed a sexual assault or sexual heinous crime, no. If you ever, I, um, like, I like, bet if we looked into it, those sorts of crimes, it, it probably is some sort of, um, you know, rule in place. There's probably not a rule in place, but it's probably like it would be so scrutinized during the like running for office. That it would just yeah, you never you never make it past but, what you did yeah but what are the odds you know what I mean like mm-hmm. someone well, I mean, could it's true be like well I don't care that like it's like the it's like the joke was like but he murdered the guy what murder he was an amazing guy or whatever you know it's like, yeah. <laughs> Well, along with along with your your IQ test, I would say that there needs to be some sort of civics test then, because you know, you, you can't just have people. I, I you you I do think that you just can't have people that don't know what the hell the government is supposed to be and how it's supposed to run. Yeah. You know, yeah. there needs to be some sort of. I guess on where we're getting at is some sort of competence. Well, sure, but like a competency test. Like, look at look at what people who have to become, and you should be pretty well versed in this. You know what people that have to go through to become American citizens, the tests and stuff like that that they have to take. But I guarantee you, some of these tests that people that want to become naturalized have to take, an American on the street probably couldn't pass them. And dude, it's it's. I mean, that is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I feel like. 
you're going to lead our country, you should be able to answer questions like that. And obviously, it shouldn't be the same test all the time, you know. And again, we're imagining a world where this this is happening the way we're describing it happening. So there would be some sort of committee that comes up with a test every, you know, every time there's an election, and you know, you have to make sure that those people aren't bought off and the tests aren't given to somebody. And it's just like, okay, well, we've got. You know, Randy, Barbara, and Mike here. And um, Randy got a 32%. Barbara got a 96%. And whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, like, those aren't total markers on somebody's competency. But at the very least, it shows that they know something, right? Yeah. And again, like, here, here we are, you know, kids that went through the standardized American classroom talking about people taking tests to prove their competency. But it, it should be a part of something. Right. It should be a part of the package to, to make it to that point. And yes. I, I also, my, my thing too, right? And maybe this is, a, let's let's let this question morph into it. Let's not limit ourselves to the prerequisites, right? Mm-hmm. The, the pr- presidential debates, most of the time, like these things are, are kind of pointless because you get, they say, oh, you've got whatever it is, two minutes to speak. And then this the whole time I'm talking, you're trying to talk over me, or you're you know you're, you're revving up the crowd to you know make noise, right? You know, and it's just like you. It's almost like you need to have that box of silence. You know, somebody's just sitting in, and somebody you know they can't talk until the other person is done saying what they want to say. But at the same time, it, you're creating an environment where somebody can say a bunch of stuff for a long time that could be completely and totally unfactual and and super just wrong. And people are still going to listen to it. And in the age of sound bites, they're going to listen to Joe Schmo or whatever say something straight for two minutes, even though it could be total BS without anybody calling them out. You know, so mm-hmm. there's just all these different things. There's, there's, this is an, a, a bunch of different symptoms. What's wrong with our system? You know, the media is a problem with it because they they harp harp on specific things. These little sound bites. You know, no one wants to sit and watch the yeah. three hour whatever, or wants to sit, even wants to sit and listen to, you know, a 20 minute or a 30 minute debate, you know, no one wants to do that anymore. I also mm-hmm. don't think, you know, I don't think there should be all this, this money in it. And I've said that before, but that's, that seems to be what happens. If you don't, if you're not a freaking millionaire, or you don't have millionaires or billionaires backing you, mm-hmm. you're never going to feel pain and get, you know, the, the attention that, maybe you you should have or whatever yeah. and you you see all these people because there's there's a lot of people that run for president it's it's kind of interesting uh, there, you can see everyone who's technically a candidate and you go to their website you know and it's just like i've never even heard of this person you know and it's because they are legitimately some like, grassroots person who maybe and they, maybe they have a lot of good to say but you're just like i've never even heard of them because the media doesn't do that you know yeah right there's a bunch of stuff that's that's wrong with the way we do and i don't have the answers and we we're not going to solve that problem because yeah. you know every time you start talking about this it, it there becomes these dichotomies that pop up you know like oh well we have to have a fail safe if somebody becomes a corrupt piece of shit or incompetent or whatever and you know but at the same time it can't be too easy of a, of a fail safe because mm-hmm. you know people will start pulling that trigger all the time whenever somebody isn't a puppet and so you have to have all these fine lines and what are those fine lines you know and so it kind of makes you think about what it is that you would have to change and i don't know the system well enough to say this is what needs to change so my 
outsider's perspective looking in is that money in politics is a very bad thing and that's not it that's nothing new or unique to the american government system and i also think that just with the way the world has gone that four years is not enough to to make um to have a competent presidency anymore mm-hmm. i don't think that with the way our congress moves and decisions that get made uh, you know that our political system is too slow and so there's a bunch of things that can go into this. And, you well, know, a lot Con- of people have... Congress and Senate are pretty much the GS mm-hmm. positions of the squadron. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, sure. all right, sure, whatever, Mr. President, you're out of here four years, so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. to us. We'll, and that's the other we'll thing write, with these we'll write this up when the next guy gets in. Yeah. You know, it used to be a rule that that this could not be a job for you that maintained your mm-hmm. lifestyle. Also, it used to be a rule that you couldn't even live... In Washington D.C., yeah, where where the capital was, you had yeah. to go back to your state. And I, people are like, "Oh, well, that's not possible today with with the way the United States is." And there's there's probably a lot of truth to that. And maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but whatever, you know. But at the same time, I I do feel like you should be if you are going and representing your constituents, you should be where your constituents are the majority of the time. And and again. You know, maybe a lot of these people are, and I bet you, like people that maybe some of these what people like to call flyover states, maybe they see their their representatives a little bit more than people who, you know, who are representatives from larger states like California or Florida or Texas. You know, mm-hmm. but there should be something like that, to where it's not this den of just rats, and it's not you know people you know becoming millionaires on their salaries. It shouldn't be. I mean. It's a stressful job, so it has to have pay for that. Because let's look at you know our job, right? A lot of mm-hmm. what we do can be very stressful. And how how often have you said like this is this is just not you know I'm not I don't get paid enough for this. How often is, does somebody say that? So a stressful yeah. job has to have pay pay for it, you know. But I, you shouldn't be like I said becoming a, a becoming millionaires. And when people like you know, Nancy Pelosi or Dan Crenshaw are making all this money off of the stock market and these insider trading things. It's just like, yeah, that, so anyway, there's a, there's a very long answer to your question. There's just so many, like the prerequisites for me, the biggest ones should be some sort of competency level test. I mean, I don't even know what that would look like, but Mm. at the very, at the very least, some sort of, I think the most important thing for me would be some sort of civil service or military service either one and that should that should just be for all citizens and yeah, but so no. in, in turn inevitably as a president you would have had one of those yeah no i i think this would be a good fit and uh on the back end too i think there should be like limitations um like when it comes to like age so like there's a minimum mm-hmm. age i think there should be maximum age then there should be like other stuff like that too oh but, yes and well, that could go down yes. another whole rabbit hole of other stuff but yeah i think we should get to your next question or else we're sure. going to be here for a whole six-year term of presidency talking about yeah. this yeah no <laughs> I, I, I completely agree with you that if you can be too young to be president you can be too old and i'll yeah. i'll end it at that so mm-hmm. all right man i'm gonna keep it with the political theme because mm-hmm. i have this on here we're already talking about it so who might you be interested in seeing as president in 2024 it doesn't have to be just one answer either yeah. Yeah, no, I'm um so politically or I guess individually, I'm a pretty big like constitutionalist slash like libertarian. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But I know the Libertarian Party will not get elected at all. I don't even know who they've decided as their like person running. Like last time, no clue. uh, Last time was Joe Joanne Johnson, I believe, or Joe Johnson. Um, Mama Joe, right? Yeah, she went and she went, and I think she would have been great. Um, But it's going to come down to a Republican and a Democrat. Um, Joe Biden's already the ticket, right, for the Democrats. So um, he ain't it. It's not my vote. Um, So the Republicans, it's probably going to come down to Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it comes down to those two, I'm, I'm. pretty all in on Ron DeSantis. Um, I think that, yeah, so I think he's a very strong uh, type of individual who will kind of like reset us onto just like uh, the proper path, like more like morals and um, fixing things internally and not really focusing on externally and stuff like that. Um, So I feel like to do that, his biggest obstacle is going to be uniting the country when we're very split, right? Yes. So I agree with you. I think that he has the tools necessary, you know, mentally, his Mm -hmm. faculties to do that. But how do you see, because you said he's going to do that or could do that. How do you see that happening with the schism that our country has right now you know, and, and so the I, way the way I that the media is going to play out, the way the media yeah. is going to play out in the next couple of years, and there's going to be all these people that that believe a bunch of BS, right? How is he going to do that? How is he going to unite people? Because Joe Biden said he was going to, and there's not been a lot of effort no. at that, right? How is yeah. Ron DeSantis going to be different for you to say that? I wish I had an answer actually for you on this one, and I, and I don't really know. And the reason mm-hmm. why I don't have an answer for you is because I don't think anyone could be in that position that would not fix the crazy like division that our nation currently has it's literally like a pendulum but it's a pendulum that's getting more momentum every time it swings mm-hmm. um and it's going to like the next time it swings the other way it's going to swing further and the next time it swings back the other way it's going to swing even further it's going to keep going until it swings off the freaking machine or whatever um and i think that's just how it's going to be you're mm-hmm. going to need you're going to need something outside the political world like catastrophic to unite the american people mm-hmm. that's the only way the division stops that's so what, what do you I mean think. you said outside the political world do you mean some sort of event or do yeah. you just mean so you're it's saying gonna, like, it's gonna like be like an 11 level mm-hmm. and not necessarily are you mean like a nice it's gonna be some sort of like negative it event it doesn't yeah it would, it would have I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be negative. I don't know so how you some, would have a something, of an event positive, but well, I, I don't. Yeah, obviously that's not positive. What I'm talking about is on the scale that 9/11 yeah, that's what I'm saying. united everybody. Yeah, yeah. You need something strong enough mm-hmm. to get all the Americans to become Americans again. Not I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm a socialist. I'm a conservative. I'm I'm a libertarian. I'm a this. You need something to make us all Americans again. Right. And that's why they came up with Operation Northwoods. <laughs> to make us all Americans again. <laughs> no, but, but for real though, like I, I agree with that that statement that yeah. there's there's too much I'm this or that. And there's too much of that in a lot of different ways. You know, yeah. um but how why, how Ron DeSantis think... could do that, 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how he could, but that's that's why like I have conversations with a lot of my family members about this and my close friends, and it's like if we as Americans could just realize that we fundamentally are individuals who have all these rights and our rights can't be infringed upon. And I'm talking about like all rights, right? They can't be infringed upon unless it interferes with someone else's rights. If we could just somehow figure that out. And I don't understand why it's so hard to figure out. And like what I'm getting at here is I'm the person who is perfectly okay with the LGBT trans person defending their weed farm with guns. I'm perfectly okay with that. What I'm not okay with is you pushing your ideologies or your stuff onto me because I don't want to be that. That's Uh where the right interference comes in. You can 100% do whatever you want to do on your piece of land. In public, we need to not interfere with each other. And that's, I don't understand why there needs to be such a hard push for like, oh, if you don't believe exactly what I believe, then you're my enemy and you're wrong. Like, why can't it just be cool? It's whatever you believe in. I don't have to believe it, but I'm happy you have the right to believe in that. I'm not going to believe in what I believe in. I think currently one of the biggest culprits for that is the media. Um, And I I feel like there's going to be a lot that'll have to change for that to to end. And it'll take a lot of self-actualization and self-realization for a lot of people for something like that to change. Um, as far as like the to answer the question with Ron DeSantis, I think there's going to have to be his, in my opinion, his best tactic is going to be an have to be an appeal to logic. Mm-hmm. And when I say an appeal to logic, I I'm hoping again because social media is is both a massive curse and a massive blessing. Mm-hmm. That hopefully, as people like to say, the algorithm does its job and puts the BS in so many faces. That when somebody starts just making sense, that it makes enough sense to enough people. Mm-hmm. And the problem with combating the media is they paint this picture of an of a minority ruled society. And I don't necessarily mean like mon- minority race wise, right? Mm-hmm. I mean people that are, are, you know, they say are marginalized groups. That's fine. And there are people in our country that are marginalized groups. But you cannot have a society run on decisions being made by the minority for what's best for the majority that's not how things work yeah and i'm not you know you can never have a society where everybody is equal this Mm -hmm. whole goal of equity is unattainable so you're always Mm -hmm. going to have some sort of outgroup, whether they're an outgroup because somebody or some people have othered them or they're an outgroup because they just really don't match with you know, whatever the majority has going on. And mm-hmm. we've, reached the, we've reached the point, right, where you, there, there are no more pilgrims traveling on the Mayflower across the ocean to get away from what they perceive as religious persecution, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's nowhere to go anymore, okay? So there's, there's no other place to have that happen other than right in front of your face. So you're going to have to deal with it. And you have to deal with it in a way that it doesn't start affecting everybody else's lives. Because that's that's one of the biggest points of frustration, I think, that you're hitting on is is people are sick and tired of being told that they have a phobia or they're sick and tired of being told that they are hateful or whatever. Mm-hmm. They know they're not. Okay. Yeah. And people don't like being told things about themselves that aren't true. 
And that's yeah. what happens very often. And that's the frustration point for a lot of people. And I was having a discussion with a really good friend of mine um, the other day. We were talking about the military and how there's a, this push in the military to almost make it like there's rampant racism and um, you know sexism and all these other things going on in the military. And I'll say this. That stuff 100% exists. And I've yeah, seen it. Bad eggs and in every there's bad. Thank you. There's bad eggs in every in every bunch, right? Or bad apples in every mm -hmm. bunch. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Take me to a house party in housing on a Friday night. Let's go look at the demographic. Okay. You will literally have. I guarantee it. Every every race represented. Every gender represented. All mm -hmm. partying together. All having a good time. No problems. Right. Yeah. It's just these are these there's are things no that military just right. there's no problems because they're just people coming together to exactly time. not any one individual is upset with anyone or pushing no. their ideology on another person in that right. event. They're just exactly humans enjoying time together. Right. And that's something and that's that's what we were talking about. Is just it feels like people are trying to make an issue of of this in the military to use it to a push an agenda or exact a bunch of rules that don't need mm -hmm. to exist. And that's, that's what I'm getting at is happening with the media and our society today mm -hmm. is that they're, they're making something that is a problem into an even bigger problem, or they're, they're putting a magnifying lens on something that's a smaller problem and trying to make it some to be something that is, is a lot bigger than it is and it's causing issues. So yeah. that's the biggest hurdle that somebody is going to have to get, over to unite people and you know you can like i said you can only hope i feel like ron DeSantis, because i was to say this too that's who i that's who i would see right as president yeah. um it is an appeal to logic is an appeal to people you're going to have to let me say this too like the the republican party is going to have to let go of certain things you know to 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 be listened to and be successful yeah, and that's just the way it is. And one of the way, one of the ways or things that they're going to have to get over is that there is separation of church and state in our country. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that aren't going to like hearing that, but it's the truth. Yes, and this is this is not just I was, one country or another, yeah. right? I was going to bring up that Ron DeSantis needs to make sure that while he's running, he keeps religion out of his race, like as much as possible. Yeah, because like, yeah, people are going to be trying people. to bring it in. Yeah, he can talk about his belief, but like he needs to make it known that it doesn't interfere with his policies towards Americans as a whole. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, the whole like, the whole like, I want to say something here. I'm going in for Ron DeSantis because uh, it's kind of like with the Trump and Hillary thing. Mm -hmm. I did not want Hillary Clinton president for a plethora of reasons. It had nothing to yeah. do with her being a woman. It had nothing to do with her being a Democrat. It had to do with how she handled situations in her past political career that I just did not want her president. So in the end, I voted for Trump. It was the lesser of two evils in my eyes, and I went with one that was just better because it was going to be one of the two anyways, right? It is. And and that's what's like – Unfortunately. Yeah. And that's what I kind of hate is like you'll get you get people who get stuck in like, oh, I have to always vote Democrat, vote blue no matter who. No, you don't mm -hmm. have to do that. Look, and I do my very best to look at both sides. I try to look at everything that's right. happening. And I'm going to side with whoever is doing 
the best for that predicament or that situation. I don't care exactly what side of the aisle they're on or whatever. Yep. Like, there's a lot of things about Elizabeth Warren that I just can't stand. But there's stuff that she says, and I go, yes, thank you. Someone in politics said it. Sure. Um, sure. And there's a bunch of other politicians on both sides of the aisle where, yeah, and no one, and that's the thing, no one on either side of the aisle is going to be someone that you fully agree with. But yeah. An analogy that I've used before, like with friends and stuff, and uh, this will be the first time all our listeners, and I think you will hear it, is when you have the president, right? The president is your like bus driver. Okay. And all of us as Americans are on this bus and we're all trying to get off as close as we can to like our stop. But mm-hmm. obviously the bus isn't going to stop at our house. That's ridiculous. It's going to have these very specific routes that it stops at. And so when you choose your bus driver or your route leader, right, you're going to vote for the one that gets you to the closest to your stop. Now, you need to understand that when you vote for that person or that route, that stop might take it really far away from like your stop, right? Gresham, mm-hmm. your stop might not be my stop and it might be further away. So you're going to be voting for the route that gets you closer to your stop. And that's perfectly fine. But we need to understand where these stops are. And when you're voting, you should be trying to vote, obviously, for the one that gives you closest to your stop. But you also don't want the bus route to drive off a cliff. So, like, let's be more cognizant with our voting power mm-hmm. and pick the one that gets America to the best stop closest to the goal. That's, right. that's what I'm kind of getting at here when you like. To me, Ron DeSantis doesn't get me to my house, but he's going to get me a pretty good couple blocks to it, and I'm okay with that. Right. And here's the thing, man. You're, we're never going to elect somebody that is representative of all Americans because that's just yeah. the way human beings are. Yeah. But, I mean, again, to how how and who is the best person to kind of bring people together, I mean, that that is a really tough question. I think Ron DeSantis is a smart enough person and I think that he's demonstrated to me at least enough uh, capability to be able to lead our country. Uh, so that, I mean, that is, that's who I, with what's out there that I know of would like mm-hmm. to see. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's a good question. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, G. All right. Let's get to it. Sorry if I keep looking for around. My cat's being extremely cute today, so I have to keep giving her little pets. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, I kind of want to leave it in the kind of the political realm. Mm. Um, kind of in the political realm. Um, do you believe hate for others of different cultures and religion is just normal human nature or is it taught? And can we as a society cultivate a like peaceful or properly educated um like moral value safety net that doesn't have to rely on religion or anything to kind of maybe remedy that. So pretty much like, do you think people are inherently evil or are they taught evil things? That's kind of what's getting at. Cool. So um, I'm going to answer your question from a non-moral standpoint to give you an answer about good and evil, right? Mm-hmm. So the ideas of good, good and evil are subjective to what people think. Okay. Um, and, and, and this, this question invokes a lot of like thoughts about like Nietzsche, Nietzsche, um, is there a moral safety net 
No, I don't think so. Um, I think that, I think I'm going to answer your question in reverse. People have to have something that is on the level of religion. And I think that that is innate to human beings. I think we are programmed mm -hmm. that way, whether, whether we're a simulation, right. Yeah. You have some sort of belief system. And I say that because of the creation of religion and we have a much more secular society now, obviously, than the society even our parents grew up in. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, I'm not just talking about people that you know that go to church on Sunday or whenever you go to church that are, you may not even know they go to church. They're religious, right? But they're not in your face about it. And then we've all met people that are very in your face about their mm -hmm. religion, right? The thing is with that is you're, as human beings, we've kind of taken other things and made them into religions, whether they have that, people understand that or not, okay? So when you have religion, you have a, an ideology or you have a dogma, right? You have a set of beliefs. And when you have a set of beliefs, you have people that don't believe. And so now you have an outgroup. And then those outgroups are heretics or whatever. And you have people who, let's, let's take po politics, right? You have people who are on the outside of what you think about that can disagree with you and you don't really care because it doesn't affect your life. And then you meet those people that don't like the way you think and they become violent about it or they try and cancel you or whatever. So I, I say that that's akin to people like maybe like you and me who are religious people. But if I sat here and listened to you, tell me about why it is that you believe in the, the Islam faith, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. And, and I can appreciate that. You know what I mean? But at the same, I'm not going to, just because you're Muslim or Jewish or Buddhist or whatever, start to hate you or develop some sort of you know, process to try and ruin your life. But there are zealots who will do something like that. Just like there, mm -hmm. is, there are forms of zealotry in ideology, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there is an innate need for people to either make, to make something, um, a part of themselves that is a belief system whether it is religion or ideology and so i think we have to have that as human beings i think it's just something that's there and then there are people you could say oh well i'm not religious because i'm an atheist and i've met plenty of atheists who are like i don't care man you're a christian you're a jew i don't care yeah. i'm an atheist i don't believe and then i've met atheists that are like fuck you you're stupid for believing in your you know your sky you know bearded guy you know whatever yeah you know? Like so, you you're yeah, one, you're you're on the zealot yeah you're on the zealot yeah. end of the spectrum right so mm -hmm. I think that there is some sort of innate thing with humanity that we have to have a belief system that we make a fundamental part of ourselves whether that becomes something religious or ideological um, and the, you see that today like you brought the trans thing and you brought the mm -hmm. people the LGBT right or race or whatever it becomes that's all they can focus on. And it's a very religious sort of thing to yeah. them. It is. So whether you have a religious or ideological belief, that's a fundamental part of you. I think that's something that human beings have to have. So let's take it back to answer the rest of your question. Do I think that there are people um, that are taught hate 100%? Okay. And I know that because I know people that are taught hate and I have had people try and teach me to hate other people. And I, I don't, right? 
Mm-hmm. And the people that fall victim to that, they get wrapped up in these belief systems. And I wish I could think of his name, but there's a guy, he's African-American, who actually started bef- befriending um, KKK members and then getting yeah, yeah. You know, like systemically, systematically getting them to leave you know, that hate group, right? Which is mm-hmm. amazing. And hats off to that guy for having balls of steel and more courage than I can think of a lot of people having, right? Mm-hmm. Um so but I think it's both. I think that there are hates that are taught and then there's, there is something, I wouldn't even call it hate. I think if you look at people in general and you have to understand that we weren't always like we are now in modern society, mm-hmm. when, when you're looking, let's, let's consider the military again, right? Let's use that. If you're, you and me are attending some sort of PME and I don't know you, right? And PME for everybody listening is professional military education. And typically what that means is you take a lot of people in a lot of different jobs in the Air Force and you put them in a classroom or whatever, some sort of training environment, and they're learning together. Mm-hmm. If I find out you're a cop, what's the first thing we're going to do? Do we just become best friends? Yep. Right? Yeah. That's what's going to happen gonna, for the next twelve weeks or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So human beings tend to find their likes, right? And so I think that happens on every level. That person's face looks similar to mine. That person's belief systems are similar to mine. That person likes the same sports team as I do. That person's a Cowboys fan and I'm an Eagles fan, so fuck that guy or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So human beings have these things in our brain. And I think they come from the conditioning of of evolution. When you're you're an arboreal you know, upright being and you're going around the forest and you happen upon a group of other boiler beings that look a lot like you. And then maybe you see some others that don't, where are you going to go? You're going to go with what looks like you. And I think that through time, through having to survive is going to leave a mark in your brain, right? Which is why people have an inherent fear of the dark, which is why just about, I've never met anybody who wasn't at least a little bit mesmerized by a campfire. And there's a lot of reason for that. Because you know, predators hunt at night. Fire keeps you safe. What looks like me is is a uh, initial marker for safety. It's not always, and that that mm-hmm. goes away in a modern society where we've built up a system that keeps people safe. But when you're living on the land, you go with what looks like you, right? Yeah. I mean, look look at all these native native tribes, right? Whether they're American native tribes, they're native tribes in Africa or wherever, they they have they become tribal, and that's the whole point. Right, mm-hmm. so if that exists, right, and you can kind of deconstruct that now as a modern human being, but there are people that are taught hate, and there are people that you know inherently want to be with people that look like them. It's the exact same reason why you know people tend to marry other people that they look like, and, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with marrying outside your race, although people have issues with that, and that's my mm-hmm. opinion when I say that there's nothing wrong with. You know, a black man and a white woman, or an an Asian man and a Hispanic woman getting married. I don't see an issue with that, right? Yeah. Or, or whatever. And so I just think that those things both exist at the same time. It's the it's the conversation of nature versus nurture, and they are both happening at the same time simultaneously. And sometimes you have people that grow up in environments that bombard them with certain belief systems. And that becomes who they are, you know, and they can't deconstruct that or it becomes so hard to live that way. I'll go say this, dude, there was a girl that I, I dated in high school who was Mormon. And according to her, it was extremely rigid household. That chick is, is, is 
like went the total opposite way. Just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, so she it's, it's, it's the person. Yeah, exactly. Rumspringa, mm-hmm. right? I know that's not Mormonism, <laughs> but I'm just getting, just, you know, making it a, a joke. But yeah. that's, that's, it's based on who the person is. But mm-hmm. we need that. We need, it's a, it's a form of structure and it's a way that our brains are, are it's something our brains are creating, this scaffolding around our life to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. That's what's going yeah, so, on. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, when I think about it, when I, when I was thinking about this question, um, I've had a lot of people like uh, in my family and some friends tell me that I'm a very like negative, I have a very negative look on the world, or, like humanity in general and stuff. That has never been uh, my impression of you, for real. Yeah. So I, I hide it pretty well, I guess. But some people have said this to me and I've always like sat back and thought about it. And I would say I... I kind of do. And the reason why I do is, is I think that, um, because humans are just animals. We just happen mm-hmm. to be the most intelligent animal on this little blue rock that we know of. Who knows? Dolphins could be smarter. I don't know. Um, or more intelligent, but we just happen to be the most intelligent one here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've evolved into like societies and tribal stuff and things like that. But to me, at the end of the day, we're still animals. So we still have like a lot of instinctual thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think all animals, they're not inherently evil, but they're inherently selfish. Mm-hmm. They, we, we are always trying to think it's, it's any animal. Like how, how do they get ahead? How do I get ahead? How do I ensure my safety, my family's safety, like my tight, you know, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we either humans are, friendly or nice or whatever i think those are taught over time but Uh i think if you took if you took individual like humans and didn't have like in like stuff told to them or taught to them i think they would be like 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 a stray cat they'd be like a stray cat they would attack everything that came near them they would be very very wary of anything and they would be skittish and run around Uh right Humanity today is like a cat, indoor cat. It's pretty nice. It likes things. It's pretty chill. It's calm and collect. It probably died and put it outside because it's going to survive. But like, it's, it's that it's that type of thinking. So I, I think like inherently humans are not necessarily evil, but because we are inherently selfish, we will do a lot of evil things to other humans and to other creatures well, to and I would ensure take, our survivability. I would take that a step further and say I wouldn't even call it selfishness. I would call it self. Preservation, and yeah. you would have you have to be selfish, I guess, and to use mm-hmm. that word in that regard. So, if you took a human being and you just threw them in a room or in and threw them food occasionally, so they would survive. There's no social conditioning. There's no education. There's no you know teaching somebody what manners are. Right, that social mm-hmm. conditioning. They're just going to be whatever is in their brain is and how their brain has evolved and what they genetically have. All this stuff. And like you said, it's going to be like a stray cat. And this is why you you have people that come from homes that they didn't get loved the way they deserved or they were treated poorly and they have more instinctual uh, self-preservation type behavior because of what mm-hmm. happened to them, right? So um, human beings are either – we are either conditioned to be positive you know, or negative, but what we choose – to to be is is on us you know what i mean like yeah. I, some people you know, i feel like more people's default behavior is to be kind and understanding 
on the surface, right? And then yeah. there are people whose default behavior is to be selfish in that way or what or hurtful. And those are all products of their environment to me, right? And there are people yeah. that grow up in terrible environments that grow up to be absolutely amazing people. And there are people mm -hmm. that grow up in the, the quote-unquote ideal environment and they're total pieces of shit, you know? But again, those are the outliers to to this, you know, uh, paradigm we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. To answer your question, the, the whole moral safety net thing, there are things that you, I'm sure you're familiar with the terms malum say, malum say, malum prohibitum, what's, what is morally wrong or, or what is legally wrong. And that's why there's laws because mm -hmm. we can all agree that murder is wrong. We can all agree that, you know, whatever rape is wrong. Right. But not everybody's going to agree that theft is wrong. Some people, yeah. it's totally validated. They're validated in their thought process that you should be able to rip somebody off because they are, they're rich, even if they've worked to get to that point, right? That there's, that's there's okay. validation no. for murder too. Right. But I, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. And, and mm -hmm. that's true. Um, but I would say this, that I think that if you're going to scale those things, right, murder is, is higher than the the idea of theft on the what yeah, is inherently no, I, wrong and what's yeah, inherently yeah. oh getting okay right yeah so, theft is way more gray mm -hmm. murder is like right. you shouldn't do it at all unless it's like self-defense or defense of others right so yeah, like that, like that's what i'm getting line. at there, that's yeah. why because there's no moral safety net because people have to have some sort of ideology or religion as a fundamental mm -hmm. part of themselves that's why there are laws and that's the whole point mm -hmm. of society yeah, but I, I think because I was uh, I was thinking with this as well. It's like so if you're gonna have like proper education or like proper morality like given to the masses to ensure that's taught right, then mm -hmm. you get into issues of like okay, well, whose morality? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What morality yeah. is being taught? That right. type of stuff, and that that gets into kind of like some sketchy stuff because you're gonna have people who are like 100% zero abortion. And you're going to have people who are like pro-abortion and you can't like dictate one or the other through morality because everyone's moral compass will be slightly vague there. And it, it can be, it, it, the, that, the second part of the question gets a little tricky because like, okay, how do you educate them? Because if you actually wanted to force the mass education, then, then we're just North Korea. Where they get taught a very specific thing, and yeah, that's and how it is. no, and and you you can't be that. And here's the thing too: you're talking about like culturally, there are things that certain cultures do that are not okay. Like to to mm -hmm. you and I, it's like that that is so wrong. How could you even think that's okay? And there are mm -hmm. cultures that do that, and that is the norm for them, right? So again, there is just this, you know, idea that that human beings can fit in a box, and we can't. We won't. Yeah. And that's why societies have laws, right? And that's why societies should promote having different cultures and should promote having different thought processes and ideas, which is, again, right, why things like cultural appropriation or whatever are stupid. Because mm -hmm. you have to have the sharing of ideas and the sharing of technologies and the sharing of things that, that you figure out or that you learn or that you do in order to have a society, because if you're, mm -hmm. you're saying you can't do this because of X, Y, and Z, and there's no other reason other than you just think I shouldn't be able to do that or wear that because that's something, you know, whatever, then now you're, you're deconstructing that society and you're, you're 
becoming more tribal. Yep. Yeah. What you got next for me, Grisham? Let me see, man. All right. Let's see. So I know you haven't said this on the air, right? But And I know you've uh, told people, but I want to know. I want to know how you feel about becoming a dad. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Your wife, your yeah. wife is preggers. Your junk uh-huh. works. Yeah. Right. How you feel? For people that don't know, surprise. Her junk works. Yeah, Zach. Zach knocked his wife up. Her junk works be a too. Dad. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I feel pretty. I feel excited, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always kind of had like, I've always had the feeling that I wanted to be a father. Um, it's, it wasn't like, a, oh, I have to be a father. It was like, if the timing's right, all type of stuff, then, mm-hmm. then I, would, I would really love to be a father. I'm 30 now. Um, I remember when my dad, so when, when our child was born, and we don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet or anything like that, but when our child was born, I'll be 31. Um, but the um, my dad had me when he was, I believe, 22, mm-hmm. either 22 or 24. And I remember like him always talking about like, man, like my twenties sucked. Like that was hard. Like all this type of stuff. And it was really difficult to like raise you and all that type of stuff. So like in the back of my mind, I was like, all right, if I'm having a kid, there's a lot of like things that need to be lined up before I'm like, all right, I have a kid. Right. Um, so I wasn't ever going to have, or at least under my control, I was going to do everything not to have an accidental kid. So uh, my wife, not assuming that we planned this child out. Uh, it's been in planning for um over a year just to kind of like figure out like what's the best time when should we try this like all type of stuff so this kid hasn't had a lot of practicing yeah lots of making sure things work yeah uh, can get things where they're supposed to be all type of stuff um for you yeah you know practice makes perfect um but yeah, no, no, I, I'm excited. It, it's it's nice too because because we did plan it out. Like it, it's it's almost weird. Like it fits exactly like where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on first sergeant duty until like January, February. Child's supposed to be born like end first of child? January. Yeah, it's supposed to be born like end of January, early February. Wait, then I'll get that. Then he might have my birthday. I said he Which too, is- by the way, on purpose. <laughs> so <laughs> you've said that it, you you think it's a boy. Mm-hmm. My wife also just feels it's a boy. Um, Dude. And uh, I've had other people who are like, it's probably a boy. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how you just have this feeling. Whatever. I guess I, just to me, you seem like a boy dad. I'm just I'm supposed to have just supposed to have sons. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess my dad had all sons except one. Um, and then uh, his dad only had a son. Or no, he, no, because he, we, we have a we have a half aunt, so I guess it was a son and a. And a so she's I guess, just like really short, or <laughs> no, no, she's oh. a, a different mother, but same oh, okay. father as my dad. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> now I um, get it. Yeah, yeah, she's not just like tiny. <laughs> what is this but a no. school for ants? <laughs> you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I'm excited to have a kid, and and I don't whatever the I have all these ideas of like how I'm going to be a father and all this type of stuff but I think what I'm most excited about is watching this entity learn things for the first time like figure things out like it's first experiences and stuff like I'm definitely going to like when the kids like 
two, three. I'm going to take that like lemon wedge and just, here you go. And I literally did that it. today with my son. He loves yeah. lemon. He's like, yeah, and- <laughs> for real, but you just come right back. Like, yeah. Like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to, like, hopefully you're not allergic. We'll find out then. I'm like, you know, it's like it's, yeah, it's yeah. stuff that, like, I want to do. I, I want, like, there's so many, like, childhood memories that, like, I remember. And, like, I, I want to be a part of whatever my kids, like, child, like, memories are. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, like there's so many things I did with my dad that I just remember and love, and uh, I hope I can be half the dad my father was. Because like, props to Daniel Smith, uh, greatest dad out there. And I know every every person who's had like an amazing dad will say, "Oh, my dad's the greatest," but nah, he's he's actually the greatest. Sorry. <laughs> now, what you said makes me think of a, a, a photo I saw, and it was it was a family on the beach, and it mm-hmm. was talking about how you as a parent or even like grandparents, right, are responsible for creating memories and that they can just happen, but, you know, you are responsible. And it was uh, a photo of, from this woman's perspective of her dad walking on the beach with her kids. And they're these just like little girls. They look at me like me, like four and six. And he's ahead of them on the shoreline. And he's got a pocket full of these really nice seashells that he bought. And he's mm. th- throwing them into the surf. So what they find them, they're all these super nice shells. That's so awesome. You, yeah. And I saw that and I was like, dude, that that's like one of the more beautiful things I've ever seen. Like I would never have thought, of, I, and I'm going to do that. Like I'm going to yeah. do that one day. But it's just like, that is, it's so true, man. Like those kids will never know that their grandfather did that. Maybe if they do find out, but whatever, man. Like yeah. some, there's going to be some, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say, there's going to be some idiot that's listening to this. It's like, yeah, but it's a lie. It's not a lie. Right those that man is creating a memory that those children will have yeah. for the rest of their life and they are had well their day will have been made infinitely better by the fact mm-hmm. that you threw these shells on the beach for them because how many times that's what you do when you go to the beach how many times have you ever been promised something and you don't get it you know what i mean yeah sure yeah. you're gonna find shells on the beach but how often do you find a whole sand dollar or how often do you find an intact you know, spiral snail shell looking thing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. cool that he made an, an awesome memory for his granddaughters. And I think that's cool. So like, uh, yeah. that's the stuff about being a dad that I think you're going to really like is the fact that you, you could take this little crib midget. I know you called it an entity. Like it's like, it's some other worldly <laughs> thing is that to me, like well, you're probably, cur- it's it's a parasite. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's, it's like you calling it an, an entity is like akin to calling it, it, right but no it's just like you can take this this little child and turn it into mm-hmm. to the, i mean for the most part like what you want it to be like you may want your kid to be a formula one fan and he may he may just be like screw that i love baseball or whatever and i want you to do a formula one but i'm just saying like you yeah, yeah, no, you I, have yeah. you can get so creative with the ways you want to raise your kid and have fun and make memories mm-hmm. and i think you're going to really enjoy that yeah, no, I'm excited about it. And I couldn't what? have, I couldn't have, could have done it without it. your wife. Well, no, I was gonna say I couldn't. Have, well, that's true, but I couldn't have. Uh, unless without a lot of money, but no, I, <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't have picked a better like person to do it with. Uh, Natsumi is just so like patient, so great. Um, she's she's just awesome, and I, she's going to be a great mother as well. And I'm excited to just be like raising a child with her. It's going to be really awesome. So the other part of this question, 
I have another yeah. part of this question. Mm -hmm. What are some hopes you have that your dad journey will take you down? I haven't thought of that. Um, I just like, so I guess, I guess I have a lot of like, I think I'm starting to get like dad fears, you know? Um, totally. Even though, you know, like, so she's like 12 weeks now. So um, I have like some dad fears and stuff. Like, I don't want, like, obviously, I don't want my kid to grow up to be like a drug addict or like, I don't want my kid to like, uh, I don't, I don't want my kid to like, you know, get in the wrong crowd do something they regret like have a crazy accident or like all these things but obviously i know i physically can't protect them from everything at some point they're gonna have to just go off on their own and do their own thing mm -hmm. um so i guess I, I have like fears right already but i just hope that it, it kind of goes with what i said i just hope that i can be half the father my my dad was if i can be half the father my my dad or not was he's still alive half the father my dad is um then, then i'm golden yeah, I think, I think you just so. meant that when you were living at home and he was actually parenting you. Yeah, exactly. That's what you meant yeah, by yeah. was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, I, there's other, like, great father figures in my life. Like, you're one of them. Uh, when we were in Kenya, I always joked your nickname was Father. It was. Right? It you're was, right. <laughs> and for a while on my phone, you were in there as Father. But then I also had my dad on my phone it changed as Father. Me? And it oh, got man. really confusing. <laughs> Who's calling me? Is it is it my, my, my African father or is it my biological father? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Kuta, Kuta Kente. <laughs> so I uh, I so I mean, you're you're a great father and stuff and it's like I love oh, like thanks, you'll man. send me snaps of like what you're doing with your kids and stuff. Like you said you're going on like walks like with your kid, like you're trying mm -hmm. to like every day and stuff. Like yeah. all right, cool. I wanna do it with my kid, you know? Yeah. Like so there's a lot of a lot of cool things I'm just looking forward to. When it comes to memories, you know, they say as you get older, time goes by faster. And Dude. I think I think the reason for that is because you have less new memories. So, like, your time as a kid seems like it went on forever. And you remember a lot of it because it was all new. Like, your first birthday. Yes. Your first time riding a bike. First time watching TV. First time going to the movies. Your first, like, all these firsts happen. So, they're, like, they're like cemented in. But mm -hmm. then as you get older... Like, I've had Taco Bell a million times. I don't remember the last time I had Taco Bell. I remember the first time, or like some of the first times I taught, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like you get into this uh, rhythm, and it just makes time go by quick. Mm -hmm. Wake up, you go through all the same stuff. There's nothing new for you to remember for the day. And so you get to the end of the day, and it's over. You're like, wow, that thing went by real well, quick. Well, it's like, for me, right? Like, I like to travel a lot. And when you go someplace new if you get doing something that's a lot of fun or you're looking at something like for me, that's really historical time seems to slow down. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause you are, you're experiencing it differently. And yeah. dude, my I, wife and I went to Italy in October. Mm -hmm. We were there for 12 days. I feel like I was there for a month. Right. Yeah. And then I, and then when I came back a month went by in like a week and I was yeah. like, man, like yeah. it's crazy to think like a month ago I was in Italy. So why the deployments feel like they last so long, but because they're all new. <laughs> yeah. No, but what you said about like time goes by faster. I tell people this all the time, man. Like the older you get, time seems to go by way quicker. And I think it mm -hmm. has a lot to do with what you said. But dude, yeah. when you have kids, bro, like it takes off at warp speed. It really does. Because yeah. like I can't I can't believe I have a kid, you know, the age of my oldest, you know. I just 
how does it seem that way? Like to me, last week could have been my senior year of high school. Like that's how I feel like I remember it, you know? So when you have, when you have kids, man, wait till, like, wait till you, you know, he's here or she's here. And then Mm -hmm. just as, as rapidly as kids that young change, like you'll wake up one day and they'll be saying a word that, you know, they struggle with like perfectly, or they have a hard time using a spoon or a fork and then they just don't or whatever, you know, it's just like, shit, I thought it was kind of cute watching him struggle with the spoon, you know, no one's going to get it. And now it's like, now I'm going to miss that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying like, yeah. there's words that my son used to say that are, that were like totally wrong. Right. And now, and one of them was banana. And you know, he said, the way he pronounced it was like Abada. And like, I knew what it was. Close enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like the same number of syllables, I think. Right. But now mm-hmm. it's banana. Now it's banana. It's the same syllables. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, yeah. It's banana. Yeah. He's a he's a normal human. Yeah. You know, What's well, funny banana. too is I can still ask me once an Abada, and he's like, yes. Yeah. He knows yeah. exactly what it is. Exactly. Yeah. I still well, I still speak a little toddler knees. So. Yeah. <laughs> he's fluent. Yeah. No, it's it, it it should be a lot of fun. There was a when I was at Kadena Air Base, there was this uh, this guy who I worked with who had a son. And him and his wife, uh, his name was his name was Aiden, I think. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife decided to never baby talk Aiden, so they always talk to their kid like an adult, like like you and I are talking now. Mother and, and father like, require sustenance, bro. You're joking, but that's actually how he talked. It was really weird when I met Aiden for the first time. He what was actually. No, he he's, he knew my like rank and everything, and he walked up. He was like, "Hello, Senior Irvin Smith. How you doing today?" And I was like, "What? You're like you're like three? Like what Holy did cow. you say to me? Like, you know what I mean?" And then and then he was like, "He's like, oh, I'm I'm kind of cold. I'm gonna go find my father and get my jacket." And it just walked like it wasn't. You know, it was like talking to a thirty-year-old man. It was so weird. Yeah, dude. My family has a story of uh, one of my um cousins and uh he walks up to my grandfather who's got like a glass of scotch and um he walks up and points out and he goes adult beverage and i don't know he was like yeah like three years old and like everyone was like yeah that's an adult beverage but like what three-year-old like what's three years like what is that he's like adult beverage it's like no mm-hmm. yeah, it is. you can't have any okay i would like some juice Right, it's just like that's so weird, man. But yeah, no. I uh, something I want to do uh, when when I'm like when we're raising our kid and stuff is I don't ever want to. Obviously, I don't want to lie, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want to explain something in like kid terms to the kid. If that makes sense. So like, you're gonna have to sometimes, they, though. I understand I'm gonna have to sometimes, but I want to try to make it like as much as possible that I don't yeah. need to. I want to explain it how it actually is. Mm-hmm. So like. If, if the kid's like, Dad, why is the sky blue? Like, I want to not be like, oh, it's blue because it's happy today. Or, oh, oh yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. No. I'm going to be like, I mean, look, kid, there's some light rays coming off the sun. Yeah, the big bright thing you're not supposed to look yeah. at. Can you say yeah, the word refracted? Yeah. yeah. It's it's beaming all these rays at us. 
and it's bouncing off the molecules in the atmosphere, and so we get blue. Okay, right. That's why it's blue. You understand? Yeah. All right, it's gonna be a test later today. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree, man. Like you do, because at the same, like my um my my mother in law says it really well. She's people are like, oh, you know, talking about you know they're criticizing her parenting. She's like, I'm not raising kids. I'm raising adults. Exactly. And yeah. I like I like that. I've never heard anybody yeah. say it or put it that way until her. Uh, so Sherry, if you're listening, but yeah, I really <laughs> like that. Cause it's true. I'm not raising kids. I'm raising adults and you can yeah. let them have a childhood. Right. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, man, there are consequences yeah. for stupid decisions. I, it was like so many little things. Like I think it would be interesting. I remember like when my little brother's camera Calvin were born, you know, like little kids, we had a cat named Pasha mm-hmm. and they'd always run up and just smack the crap out of Pasha. Dude. <laughs> Pasha, Pasha would smack the crap out of them. Whoa. Like I know there's going to be a moment and I'm not going to, I'm just going to let it happen. Mm-hmm. The kid's going to learn. He's going to come up and grab Kuma by the hand or the whatever. And Kuma's going to, bat the crap out of yeah, him man. or her and I'm going to be like, All right, don't mess with Kuma. You got to be gentle with the cat. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, yeah, that, <laughs> ma- that makes me think of, uh, you may, I don't know if you ever heard it, but a long time ago when uh, Jeff Foxworthy, you know, the comedian, was mm-hmm. was pretty new. My parents had one of his uh, like stand-ups on CD and they used to listen to it all the time. And uh, his like, even his like philosophy on raising kids. And he's like, oh, my parents, you know, like blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, my dad be like, are you going to stick a penny in the light socket? Try that out. You know, it's like, oh, it hurt like hell, didn't it? And buddy won't do that no more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, Betty won't do that again. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, that didn't feel good. You know, okay, trial and error, dude. Well, you want to know what's something that's kind of funny? Uh, my How I learned how to swim. So uh-huh. we have my, my uncle and like his family was living in Las, like Las Vegas, so they had like yeah. a big old pool and everything. And we were there like visiting. I'd never been like really like in like swimming water. I've been in water like where I could walk and mm-hmm. like kind of move around. And they were like swam. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like talking to my dad. I was like, Dad, can you like teach me how to swim or whatever? Like we got a pool here or whatever. He's like, I'll teach you how to swim. And he took off my floaties. John Wayne and just just threw me into the deep end. And I'm sitting there like, what the I'm freaking out. And I'm kind of <laughs> And he's like, swim, Zach, swim, just swim that way. He goes, just swim that way. I want to swim real quick. Like, <laughs> I mean, the trial by fire works, dude. Yeah. And obviously, he's not going to let me drown. Like, yeah, He's of watching me, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff. I know there's going to be some someone listening who might be like, oh, my God, your father was so abusive. Like, no. No. Tell me how to swim. Dude, that's swimming 20 seconds. That's those, <laughs> that's those survival instincts kicking in. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, sink. That's what the, I think. Pretty sure that might be where the I don't know. I have to look it up where that term sink or swim sink came or from. Swim came yeah, from. I mean, it could be. That, it makes total that sense. Was, that was my dad seeing if his like lineage was like strong enough to carry exactly. on. It's like his blood. If, if Zach drowns, well, if this one dies, we gotta start over. <laughs> yep. Oh well. The column, oh well. <laughs> Getting the weak seed out of here. Not yeah, even gonna. Not even thing. gonna scoop him up. <laughs> nope go down the drain <laughs> there's a uh it's like other stuff too i was just thinking about like uh like pain can be taught like hmm. I, I was because i've been reading stuff and there's like a thing where it says like pain could be taught and it's all like how you respond so like if your kid's like running like trips oh. it's like scuffs his knee yep. if you're like oh my god are you okay yeah that's gonna like cement the idea that like pain is always like dire 
You know what I mean? Dude, that works. always going to freak out. We do that with my son because anytime he falls, like, and there are some times where he falls, you're like, oh, shit, that was really bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the trips and fall. Exactly. We literally, we'll go, yay, all right. And like clap (laughs) and like, yeah, get it. You got it, man. And like, you know, the first couple of times he's like, because it hurts. Right. And that's okay. Mm. Like he has a reaction, but now he'll like get up and like, look, and then keep going. You know what I mean? It's just like the pain is there. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Your reaction can make things worse. Yeah. I saw a video of this guy like snowboards with his like three-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. And like she snowboards on her own. Dude. Like and she's like shredding the gnar and everything. I've seen these kids. Yeah. And but like she'll fall and like, you know, the dad will come up and he'll be like, everything all right? And they have like a they have a ritual. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, all right. He's like, all right, can you wiggle and feel your toes? And she's like, yeah. He's like, how about your hands? And she's like, yeah. He's like, anything your back hurt? And she's like, no. He's like, how do you feel? He's like, I'm ready. And he like picks her back up. He's like, all right, let's go. And then they go down. That's obviously something they've done every time. Exactly. Check your body. Are you okay? Yep. Is anything dire? No. Then it's yeah. move on. As great as I said, oh. my wife was. I'm pretty sure that whenever she fell or had like like a thing, her parents probably freaked out because she'll get like the she'll get like the littlest of a cut. And for hours, mm-hmm. oh, itai, itai, which is like painful in Japanese, or so painful, duh, it hurts so yeah, bad. Yeah. And I'm like, and me, my dad, who's like throwing me into pools, right. shooting nail Rub- guns at me at work sites. I'm like, rub some a, dirt in a, it. Yeah, it's a paper cut. Like, yep. let's move on. Like, yep. <laughs> Dude, paper cuts suck. They do, but I move on. Itai. <laughs> Good. Itai. Itai. <laughs> Good. 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 That's your question. Oh, it is my question. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one for a while. You're welcome. Do you think, so should the Department of Defense, this is way off, I'm not talking about babies or anything anymore. We're going DOD, okay? Daddy DOD. Yeah, we're going full pivot, okay? Uh, should the Department of Defense continue to receive more funding, like just this crazy, outstanding defense bill, right, that just increases all the time, or should it start getting cut, and why? Okay, so there, I feel like there is a couple ways to answer this question. Mm-hmm. On the surface, bring back the Cold War budget. It's fucking, let's go. Full send, okay? <laughs> yep. Come at me! Come at me in the comments. But here's the thing, man. There is actually somebody on the other side of the world competing with us. And mm-hmm. I just saw this this uh, this article the other day that the F twenty two, right, the fighter fighter jet, may be mm-hmm. the most dominant stealth fighter in the world. But by twenty twenty five, China will have more fifth generation fighters than the United States. And we we pump out a lot of three fives. Okay, but then it's not the same. And you know that and we've had this discussion. Yeah, 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 I know. But but it's still technically considered a fifth generation fighter. Not a, no, not the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, right. I got you. I got right. you. Anyway, semantically, I guess, but mm-hmm. it's equivalent to J twenty. Right. There will be more of them than there will be of the F twenty two, and it's just nature of the beast okay on on planet earth 
we like war, we like fighting, we like killing each other and starting over. That's because literally what, that's, that's what, that's, yeah, self-perceived <laughs> self-preservation, right? Yeah. So you cannot right now afford to just stop what you're doing, okay? Yeah. It's a very nuanced question with a very nuanced answer. So no, I don't think the defense budget needs a cut right now because if we did that, you're now to me it's like you're accepting that you're we are all going to be second class citizens in some way yeah. shape or form and we get yeah. a larger discussion and we will in a couple of weeks with with somebody who actually has a lot of information about mm -hmm. china right mm -hmm. now china has all these Except problems yeah china has all these problems because it does it can't feed its people right it's got massive corruption which we do too but we're not a dictatorship right yeah you know, so there's all these things and there's all these arguments and conversations that can be made and militarily though the chinese are are not just pacing, but on pace to surpass, right? Mm -hmm. And so, no, you can't cut the budget, right? And in and, and some ways, it needs to get bigger or at least be spent in a much wiser way, yeah, right? I, I think the generals can, can sit in the same chair that they sat in last year or this year, right? Mm -hmm. So. I'm just getting at. There's a bunch of frivolous spending too that can go away. Right? You're never gonna, yeah. never gonna not buy enough chairs to make up for how much the F-35 costs, right? Mm. But all I'm saying is, is at the same time, there are other ways that our money could be better spent. There, we have a lot of infrastructure problems in the United States. We have massive drug issues in the United States that not necessarily throwing money at is going to fix, right? Mm -hmm. um, homelessness. We have a border crisis. We have all these other things that are wrong with our country that need to get fixed. And this seems to be what happens. This is this is not the first time this has happened. The American model of perceived American decline may have some things in it that are unique, but they are not solely unique to other empires who have collapsed. And mm -hmm. so it's just that that question has so many different facets to it. You can't almost you almost cannot afford to stop. So with 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 what's going on on the other side of the world and at the same time yeah, exactly. we have to figure out a way to recover from a lot of what's gone on and, and you can blame a lot of different things on that but um dude at this point the chinese aren't stopping unless something happens that they just stop and it won't be by choice for them right yeah because they'll have yeah. implanted or have some sort of revolution that happens and the communist party in China mm. is overthrown. Right. Yeah. Which and I don't see happening the, anytime recent or soon. Yeah. And just by the rule of like economics, like the budget has to keep increasing. Yeah. A $700 billion last year is not $700 billion this year. It's 700 and like 11 billion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Like, I don't know the exact number. Um, don't, don't quote me in, whatever anything like that but like sure. uh yeah it's gonna it's gotta keep going up it has to we have to keep going up to to compete with our enemies and there's like that joke on like social media or whatever you should like see the me sometimes it's like i'm about to show you why america doesn't have free health care right, right. <laughs> because we, but a lot of people don't realize that america's military isn't just america's military mm -hmm. in a in in a way it's it's so it's the un's military it's like all of Europe's military. It's pretty much Japan's military, Korea's military, like Australia's military, New Zealand's right. military. Like there's so many countries that we have like treaties from like 50 plus years ago, like 100 plus years ago. There's so many things that are in place 
that just can't be like brought back or kicked back or whatever that like just have to happen mm-hmm. and you get like it's it's interesting when you get into like uh like people who complain that oh well like all of Europe has free healthcare yeah because they don't have to spend half their GDP on their military because yeah. the US is doing it for them so they have the ability to have all these other social programs because they know that they don't need to invest in their defense or their offense as much as they equivalent to the US or like China or whatever or Russia because they know if anyone ever comes and knocks on their door big daddy America is going to come in and protect them so are you saying that that when leaders like the the French president Emmanuel Macron say that they want to separate from the United States that Europeans are going to have to stop taking nine breaks a day when they're at work and actually work more often mm-hmm. and and to pay for all the free programs they have because more of their money is going to go into a defense budget. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Um, oh, okay. But, but okay. the French president uh, won't actually put that money into their defense budget. Mm-hmm. He'll just buddy up with Russia or other enemies like China, and that'll just become his new defense and offense plan. Right. That's Anno- what that's going toward because he's – Another bricks in the wall. Yeah. They're they're deciding, and countries that are thinking that are thinking like ahead, like oh, mm-hmm. America's failing, they're falling, they're not going to be the superpower in twenty fifty years. I'm going to go with the ones who might be, but. Uh, Dude, did you see that video? <laughs> and I don't know if it's real, right? So maybe I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. I watched a video recently of fields. They have like these these uh, steel rods driven into the ground. And they have mm-hmm. like a, a plaster rock on top so that when satellites fly over and they take a heat signature or whatever of like crops growing and looking at what production may be like, it looks like you have all these healthy fields, but you actually don't because it's all fake. And this was in China, right? And, and that was the assertion in this video. So I don't know 100% if that's true, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I. I did see a video of them faking eggs and that these fake eggs that go to the supermarkets, it's kind of nuts. So, you know, at the same time, it's like, at least when I go to the grocery store, I can still get food and I can, yeah. yeah. And we believe me, we have our own problems here for sure. Mm -hmm. I live in California. I know, you know, but it's just, there's a lot of things to me that, to answer your question that have to happen for, for us to stop spending the way we are on a defense budget. And a lot of them are never going to happen. Yeah. My, my biggest like thing is usually the people who are like really upset about like, Oh, we shouldn't spend money there. Like, why are we doing that? Like, it should come back to me. It should come back to us. That type of stuff. Like a lot of people (laughs) don't realize how big the U S population actually is it's 350 plus million people it's definitely hard to conceptualize that yeah it is it's a it's, it's a big number it's not like it's hard to, and it's it's also hard to understand what a billion is or what oh, a yeah. trillion is right and what's what's crazy is like when you take like typically these people who are like complaining about this type of stuff they're complaining about it on their iphone in front of their like 55 inch tv while they're watching like netflix and they're like ac home Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to me, that's just like, all right, you know, I, I get it. Like your your current 
world is a certain way. And so to you, yes, it is a burden, mm-hmm. but like, take a look at exactly where you're at and kind of where you're, where you are in life. Mm-hmm. Like if you're overweight, not starving, mm-hmm. have a cell phone and make more than like, well, I think it's like make more than like $25,000 a year. You're like the top 1% of like humans mm-hmm. on this planet. Right. Like, like that's insane to me. And well, it's, when you, it's like, when you get to, when you get to prices, so if you took the defense budget, $750 billion, and you divided it by every American, mm-hmm. we're all going to get a sick two grand. Right. Yeah, that's just stupid. I've heard that argument so many times. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, right. You, you want a sick two grand to be overrun by China? Like, good job. Well, and, so- and you know what? Is is you're going to take that two grand, and you're going to trade in your, your old iPhone that's a, less than a year old. I was going to say TV, your, but yeah. Yeah, you're going to get your new iPhone, and then you're going to get a TV, and you're going to fill up your tank a couple times, and then you're going to be out of money. It's the same thing you did with your stimulus check from COVID. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't save it. You didn't invest it. You went and bought some stupid thing that you probably don't even know what you spent it on. Mm-hmm. So I, when you talked about conceptualizing 350 million people, it made me think of uh, this figure, right? So many people can't even conceptualize the difference between a million and a billion. And here is a way to do that. I mean, you may have heard this before and you may have not, but I'm going to say it because Mm -hmm. there's definitely going to be somebody who hasn't heard this. But a million seconds is 12 days. Have you heard this before? Yeah, I've heard this one before. It gets gets mind-blowing. A billion (laughs) seconds is 31 years. Yeah. That's insane. One billion. One billion. Right. And then it's because take it you further. go from 1 million to 1 billion is 999 million more than the million you've right. had. A trillion <laughs> seconds, a trillion seconds is like thir- 31,688 years. That's that's crazy, dude. That's crazy. Like 31, you said 31,000? 31,688 years. A million seconds is 12 days. A billion seconds is 31 years. A trillion seconds is 31,688 years. And this is from Diffin.com. Million versus billion so, difference and comparison. 31,000. Did we even know what fire was? 31,000 years ago? I guess <laughs> yeah, it depends on who you ask, I guess. You know, yeah. if you go ask maybe like Graham Hancock or Randall Carlson, they'll say maybe. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like... But no, it, it, so it is like when the first time I heard that, I I always people joke and say, "Oh, it blew my mind." That really did blow my mind because when you think, yeah. Oh, "Yeah, a million dollars, a billion dollars," like like I guess we throw those around too arbitrarily now because when I heard that, that a million seconds is twelve days, it's like two weeks, but a a billion is thirty one years. Like, dude, that's how old you are. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? A whole Zach Smith is a billion seconds. That's just fucking crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah, I have a, I have an Excel document. It, well, I haven't it tracked the it seconds. Not, yeah, it tracks the seconds of how long I had to be a recruiter. It had oh it down God. to like the seconds, and I used to sit there and be like, "Oh, I've got like fourteen thousand, uh, something like so something like for like fourteen million or whatever seconds, mm-hmm. like some crazy thing." And uh, uh, yeah, I haven't looked at it in a while because I'm not a recruiter anymore. But uh, yeah, thank God. But yeah, the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it used to have, it, it was like days, it was like, it was like days, no, it was like, it was 
years, months, days, or months, weeks, mm-hmm. days, hours, minutes, seconds. That's how I had it broken down in my Excel sheet. And right. a pie chart that would tell me the percentage. Well, <laughs> since, since we're talking about population, right? Yeah. Do you think there is a global cabal manipulating world governments to manually reduce their national populations? You mean... Like kind of what we talked about in Georgia Guidestones, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that that actually exists? That is a tough question to answer. So answer it it's... like really quickly, like answer it yes or no, and then give give your nuances. No. Okay. And the reason why I say no is more out of like fear of power. Mm-hmm. I don't want to believe that there is an entity strong enough to do that on a global scale because then that puts me in a position we've had conversations like about this like with the government like uh like could they have done nine eleven like all this type of stuff if it's the same it's the same kind of ideal that if the government did nine eleven and they still haven't been caught and it's still like not like well known or there's not enough evidence, then the government can do anything. Like they have so much power. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, like you're not going to be able to counter it or fight it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at with like this one. If there's an entity that's controlling like population, like on a trying global to. scale or mm-hmm. trying to, and it's like not known and it like, and it's well, not at least well known and it's not like being fought against actively and like they have like relative good strides against it. I mean, don't don't people in authority positions and like the WEF and you know other national governments don't they talk about needing to re- reduce populations all the time anyway? Though they do, yes. But so if if a if yeah. a, if there's a concerted effort on the behalf of world leaders to say that and talk about it, that agenda, wouldn't you think that that concerted effort has a a uh, a point where those lines meet, where that's coming from? Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And that's why I was saying it was kind of a hard question. I just, I just jumped with no because I don't want to believe it. Mm. Um, because I, if I if, if I believe it or if I have enough like thought into it that it's happening, mm-hmm. then to me, I, I feel like I have lost already. Like there's nothing I, Zach Smith, can do. I think, I think that there is nothing that you, Zach Smith, can do, right? I think yeah. that individually – there is nothing that you can do. It would it would take a a serious eye opening for for everybody. Mm-hmm. My answer is yes. I do think that. I mean, yeah, just so look, at, I... look at these psychopaths like Klaus Schwab, man. Like you see that video yeah. of him wearing those like those robes with those cr- creepy ass <laughs> logo on it and stuff, and like the crap he talks about, like you know, and the whole "you will own nothing and you will be happy" concept. Like the the high elite are so taken away from like the normal humans like lives mm-hmm. that yeah they just have these crazy insane ideas and they push these crazy like have you seen the but have the, you seen the video the of, like, people Hillary that Clinton leave she walks yeah yeah have you seen the video of like, Hillary Clinton she walks into like a average like middle income like apartment mm-hmm. I think I know what you're talking she's about like, she's like like she doesn't believe people live that way. Right. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's so blown away. She's been so used to living such a high lifestyle where yeah. I don't even think she even like cares what money is. You know like, what I mean? Like her let, let them pay it. It. 
Yeah. But like, well, like some Carl Schwab people are just like, and but that that's a group, and that's why I didn't want to say yes or no because my no is just me wanting to have faith. I guess that it isn't happening, or it hasn't happened enough to where like it's like, oh crap, I'm now failing, or like I'm losing, right? Or we as a society are losing. Well, but there is the part of me that says yes. Okay. It is a, being attempted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to your answer, I'll say this. I do think so. Of course, part of me wants, you know, the there's a part of me that wants to believe that that would never happen. It's like the whole quote is like, just when you thought the government wouldn't do that, oh, yes, they would. And mm-hmm. when, when a certain thing happened in 2020, there's a lot of the same rhetoric that got pushed by a lot of the same world leaders about reset and all this stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that all comes from somewhere. Okay. And these guys, they all have, they all attend the same meetings, right? They all discuss mm-hmm. the same topics, right? And, and we could get super like, and I hate using this, this phrase cause I, and I've explained it before, right? Conspiracy theory. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is, and I say that because these, this is a concerted effort and it's very obvious. They all say the same things. They all talk about the same things. They all attend the same meetings. All of the things that go on today, you know, making, making something out to be something that it isn't and trying to hide, like, like we were just talking about earlier in this conversation about that movie, right? You know, if that's true, that there's some effort to limit the number of people that see it by saying that the theater is packed, so there's only a few seats available, and then you go, it's practically empty, right? That's Mm. happening, uh, if you're looking at it, like, organizationally, that's happening at, like, a management level, you know what I mean? Mm. There's enough people, just like that video recently of those, those two ATF agents, they go to some guy's house, and they're trying to issue him this like paperwork and asking him if he has this specific thing related to firearms. I don't remember what it was. And he's trying to tell them, they're like, Oh man, yeah, no, we get it. We're just doing our job. And he's like, exactly. He's like, you are just doing your job and your job is based on a lie. Your job is BS. And you're the people, Mm -hmm. you're the people that are doing this, right? You're the people that are saying, Oh, it's just my job. You're the people that are the, are the ones carrying out this stuff. That's unconstitutional. Right? So it's, there are all these people. There's the management level. There's like the operational level, yeah. right? So there is something. It's like the, Man- it's like the Manhattan Project, right? Well, yeah, sure. There's 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 a lot of people that um, work to push this, right? Even if they don't believe in it, and yeah. and but to me, yes, I think the answer is yes that there is a group of people that are trying to do that. Yeah, no, and there's yeah, a lot that's, of signs. That's, that's... Yeah, and that, that's I, I agree with all that, and that that's the that's why mine was kind of but that's why mine was kind of hard to say yes or no was mm-hmm. the if if it is happening then it's like we're really really fucked we're we're, we're we're in a fucked position right now mm-hmm. and there needs to be like a hard shift it's like the whole to be stopped the whole frog in a pot of boiling water thing yeah you turn up the heat slowly mm-hmm. he'll just sit in it. Yep. Jumps to a nice little bath, a hot tub, and he's yeah. dead. Yeah. Just it's, throw him in it. He's going to freak out. <laughs> uh-huh. It's called brinkmanship, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. it's, 
Brinkmanship means to do something to the point where you meet resistance and then you stop. And then the next time you go a little further because you probably can, because somebody is used to where you took them to the brink before until so you have total yep. control or whatever. It's what, you know, it's, it's, it's what happens, happened militarily. It's what it's shit. It's what kids do to parents. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They, they push and push and push until they get their way. It's just, you mm -hmm. know, but that that's what this is, right? It's the frog in the boiling pot of water. Like to me, you know, it, it it's, it's boiling, I think. <laughs> So. We've just been so used to it. Mm -hmm. All right, sir. Uh, what is your take on transgenders in competitive sports? I think that um, I'll say this. I don't think it's fair because there are 100% genetic differences between men and women. And men tend to be physically stronger than women. And this is, we, we talked about this. What, what was this conversation we had on the phone the other day? Or was this the last episode yeah. where we were talking? Was this a conversation we had no, on the phone? It was a conversation you and I had on the phone. Okay, dude, because we there's the same. I, like, I, need to, yeah. I need to ask this. Right. So the, the women's national soccer team got beat by like a 15 and under group. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and this is a 15 and under men's team, right? So <laughs> this is the team representing our country, kicking ass. That I have literally mm -hmm. rooted for. You and I have literally watched women's national soccer team games together. Like, yeah. But the thing is, dude, <laughs> if you let's just say you're an MMA fighter and you have, if you're a woman, like genetically you are a woman, biologically you're born a woman, and you want to fight somebody who was biologically born a male who's now trans, and they say they're a woman. To me, if if you make a decision to get in a ring with that person and fight them, then that's on you. And it, again, it boils yeah. down to your personal freedom, right? I'll it's say like this. Face crushed. Sure. Sure. If you signed a waiver, I, yes, I know that this person grew up with the level of testosterone and genetics that made it possible for them to develop their muscle and bone structures the way a man and only a man could, right? And I'm still mm -hmm. going to do this. Then okay. You, you signed something saying you know that this is this is the risk, okay? Mm. But do I think that there should be a person biologically born a male entering into you know, whatever sport, whether it's MMA or cycling or swimming or soccer, and then competing? No, I don't, right? Yeah. It's just you will never see – this is like the video of that, that chick that's trying, that's trying out for an NFL team as a kicker. Have you seen that video? Mm. It's wild. Like I think her kick, like, I think, can't kick it or something. I think it goes like 7 yards. Right? And it's just yeah, it's funny, but it's it's just the truth. You know, and uh, dude, mm. I'm going to you this right now. Like I I bet that one of these whoever, like Megan Rapino, right, could get out there and kick that ball like way better than I fucking could. That's for sure. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. and if I got on the field with them, they're going to kick my ass. You know what I'm saying? Correct. So it's not saying that all sure. women are inferior to men at all in any yeah. way, shape or form. Just like I would never get in a ring. Like if someone was like, Hey man, uh, you're going to get in a ring with Ronda Rousey. I'm not doing it. I'm going to get, I'm going to get nope. absolutely taken apart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm yeah. also not going to get in a ring with Masvidal either. Okay. It's definitely not. If I had to pick between them, I guess I'm getting in the ring with Rhonda, right? <laughs> Just saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but if, 
there's unless those two sign an agreement just to keep it with that to fight each other that should never happen and somebody should not be forced to compete in a way where they're competing against people that have a genetic or biological advantage over them so the whole leah thomas thing or whatever you you know and there was um a couple years ago maybe it's a little more than a couple now maybe it's like several there was um a biological boy he was competing in the women's um high school age wrestling and he was like the the women's texas women's state champion in wrestling for years and of course it upset a lot of people and especially parents and the the girls that were competing and the parents of the girls that were Mm -hmm. competing because it's not fair like this boy got in the ring and you know or the on the mat and was wrestling around with girls and of course he won you know that's just there to me, are now, dude. There are now records shattered. Like, mm-hmm. not like barely beaten, like mm-hmm. shattered mm-hmm. by by men who transitions to be women. Yeah. Who now, women will never beat that record. Yeah. Like, no. that's crap. If they do, it's, it's so going to be like, or if they do, it's going to be like completely like, like, like a superhuman woman or, well, you know, like it's, it's I'll insane. say this, man. I'll put it like my, this frustrates the hell out of my wife too, because mm-hmm. it is a total dismantling of what women are. Right. And yes. saying that anybody can be these things and they cannot. And mm-hmm. it is, it is, it is totally an attack on what makes women, women and what's unique about women. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are things that women, I feel like uh, on average do better than men, just like there are things that men on average do better than women, but it's mm-hmm. not the same across the board. It, it's there mm-hmm. are outliers in these situations but the thing is man is women have qualities about them that they should be proud of so when you sit there yeah. and say that oh well you know anybody can can be a woman or whatever you know there there's and we're talking about we're kind of talking about feminism now too right yeah, like, yeah. It's just it is it, it's totally dismantling what women are when you, what, what country was it recently wasn't it sweden they're, they're like national, like uh, Miss Sweden or whatever. The one that just won is a man. Yeah, there was a, there was like a, there was I like mean, a, a, a junior girl pageant in the United States uh-huh. where like the, the it was a beauty pageant, right? So uh-huh. it's supposed to be like beauty, you know, and obviously beauty's an eye to behold or whatever. But these things obviously have like very like certain criteria to them, uh-huh. and it was like it was a, it was a dude transitioning to a woman uh-huh. and like you look at him like i don't know of a single straight male whether transgender or not that would find this woman more attractive than the, any of the other women on the stage like right. how did they win that right make uh, it was miss netherlands <clears throat> miss netherlands i'm gonna say something a little controversial here okay um i think not all Okay. I'm not going to say it's going to be all because it, it can't be 100%. But I'm going to say a large majority of the men who transition to be women and then compete in like official sports, like competitive sports, are just weak ass men who couldn't, who, who weren't good enough to do it as a man and are taking the easy route to be a winner because they suck. I mean, yeah. Uh, I that, agree with you. That's that's my personal take there. They're mm-hmm. just taking advantage of the situation because some of them don't even fully transition. Like some of them are like, well, yeah, I'm a I'm a woman now, and then they go and bench like 
some crazy ass weight and then like the next week well i'm a dude again like cool you won the record good job well it's like the girls the girls on that swim team with leah thomas they they got told they had to share a locker room with him Mm -hmm. like that's fucked like i'd be pissed dude like if i was a if i was one of those women on that team or or like my daughter got told that like dude i there'd be a problem it's just well, that... think think of the wrestling thing you brought up. Mm-hmm. You have a wrestling is like very grappling intensive yeah. and like you're getting yeah. real close with these like your opponent yeah. and like touching all over their body mm-hmm. and you're telling me a dude was just wrestling all yeah, this. Yeah, and I'm sure that had to be like, I'm sure there were plenty of plenty of parents who are like, I'm sorry, honey, like this is we we'll go find you a private wrestling team if we can afford it or whatever yeah. you know like yeah, yeah. I'm not having this at the same time like you for like 20 minutes right there there as a parent it's like a hard decision you got to make like do I take away something that's a dream for my child because of this situation that's going on or yeah. you know or at the I think the best thing you can do as a parent I guess you know if if that's what your child wants to do is make sure that the decision they're making is as informed as as it possibly can I mean I'm not going to yeah. you know I, I, I don't know what I do, but part of me feels like I just be like, no, I'm sorry. Like I will do what I can to find you another way to wrestle or whatever. But I mean, that's like really hard. That's so, how do you tell your, your 16, 17 year old, you know, sorry, this, this thing you've been working toward your entire life, I'm not going to let you see to fruition because of this. And that, that's, bull- yeah. that's bullshit. Yeah, and then you hear the arguments too. It's like, well, they're just a kid. It's not like they're, yeah, no, whatever. It's I like, remember what I was like there? at 17. It's still their entire life yep. up to that point. Yep. Like, I cared a lot about <laughs> things when I was seventeen. I'm not just a kid. Like, there were things I wanted. There were things that you know, yes. you took something away from me that it would be really devastating. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you're, mm-hmm. yeah, no, nah, man. It's just that that's. And here's the thing, dude. Like all those women, like the Miss Le- Miss Netherlands competition that just happened, and, and a trans trans guy won, and it's like. Okay, well, I guess all those women agreed to to participate in that competition, and that's how it's going to change. Is when people enough people step away and be like, "We're not doing this. I'm not mm-hmm. doing this." Like, and for the the sake of quote unquote inclusion, then have then I mean it. Like, have your own league, have your own league, yeah, or have your own yeah. competition, right? All trans women or all trans men, and that's it. Yeah, you know? do it. Or, yeah, or like I said, do it if, yeah, if. And if they're – because apparently there's a whole bunch of them. So mm-hmm. if there, there should be enough to create teams, then let's go. And again, this is one of those things where it's like we're forcing something that a lot of people – it seems like the majority of people don't agree with down your throat for the sake of yeah. the benefit of the, the outgroup. The thousand. Right. Yeah. And that's just – again, of course it's going to be controversial. Of course there's going to be issues. You're asking people to completely realign or – or evacuate their belief systems. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And again, right? Like these, all these women agree to compete against this person who, who won, who's biological male. It's just when people start walking away from it to me or is when only then is, is it going to be any sort of change? So, yeah. But what's annoying is like the people that are like walking away from it, that they get out of it as like they're hate, they're hateful. They're against it. And it's you like, have to stop and, caring, I guess. I, I don't, yeah, and that's the thing too. Is like, I don't care if you're transgender or whatever. Because like again, I still believe in individual liberties. Like, do whatever you want right. with your body. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. But don't be forcing it on other people around you. Yeah, I, I don't want to like misquote. I think it was Dave Chappelle, and I'm going to paraphrase. But essentially, he's saying that like, you know, if you want to be, 
like trans then be trans right do it on your own time but don't expect me to participate in your delusion right mm-hmm. let's say this too that and there are people out there that have you know gender dysphoria and that this these things happen and that's a real diagnosable condition and that would really suck and that's terrible but i think yeah. that a lot of what we see today is is social contagion that's what i mm-hmm. think but the numbers a, they come out with 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 children now, like middle schoolers and high school students, the, how how vast that mm-hmm. that graph has gone up recently. I'm sorry, it hasn't always been that way. There hasn't been these systemic hateful structures in place that just prevented all these people from coming out in yeah. the past. No. Well, there's obviously there's not like a lot of like studies yet on it, or like a lot of data to like really back a lot of like stuff up yet because it's still kind of like in the founding years of all this type of stuff and it's really blown up recently but mm-hmm. um most uh most people who were like younger and being like oh i think i'm a girl or whatever if they just wait like a male thinking they're a woman if they just waited until they got older they just realized they were just gay there's a lot like, of that too need yeah they didn't need to like transition or anything but because they're Again, they're younger or whatever. They don't understand that. Like well, kids don't a, understand anger at first. They don't. They have a whole bunch of emotions going on. Yeah, there's a girl suing girl suing the state of California <clears throat> for um, amputating her breasts at 13. And yeah, yeah. It's just like uh, there's there's a guy that's really popular on TikTok, and he has a kid who, uh, if I had to look at him, I guess he's like eight or nine, and a boy. They had like a mm-hmm. whole like renaming, regender reveal, all this stuff, and it it's almost like satirical. Some of the stuff that gets put on this dude's page, and it, to me, it like it looks like child abuse. It looks like a pre- parent mm-hmm. projecting something they want to happen or want to be in existence onto a kid who doesn't know any better, who still has you know a very malleable brain. And it's just it, to me, it's like that is it's child abuse. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a there's an apparent link to autism to gender dis uh, gender dysphoria. I can't remember the word. Dysphoria. Um, yeah, is dysphoria there? and and other stuff like that. There's there's a potential link, and the link is that like usually autistic people, if you tell them enough or you just like say it enough, that they'll just think it's what it is. Mm-hmm. So you can. They'll believe it with you. This is so, literally from AutismSpeaks.org. Other studies have found yeah. people with autism likewise have a higher rate of gender dysphoria or gender variance. <clears throat> they are also often dealing with other commonly co-occurring mental and physical health issues. AutismSpeaks.org. Yep. yep. I mean. So, if, but <laughs> if you if you start saying that like nationwide or on the media or any type of stuff like that's going to be really bad and you're ousting them also it's like no like if they're autistic they should get the help for being autistic you should at least look into it here's the crazy thing too man is all this stuff that we're trying to like make unique issues to certain communities if stuff happens to them that or somebody let's just say right somebody hates you because you're trans and they attack you and that's their entire impetus for doing you harm assaulting somebody is illegal right? It wouldn't matter if I punched you in the face and I got arrested for it. It's still assault, no matter what my motivation mm-hmm. is. So mm-hmm. these, there are laws in place already to protect you. And you're not going to convince me that someone's going to get away with hurting you 
because you're, you know, trans or gay mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. majorly. Do I think mm-hmm. that there are places and people in this country that would let that happen because somebody is whatever, right? There's yes. a race because of their gender identity or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure there yeah. are people there that exist in the. But those ma- are the people. Those are the people who were even if you're pushing, you're like, "Hey, respect us." They're still not going to do it. Mm-mm. Like, those are the people who are unchangeable already, regardless. Right. The majority of people are just going to look at it objectively and say, "Cool, you assaulted this person. This is your motivation. Whatever. Right. Crime has motive." You're, mm-hmm. going, you're going to jail or you're paying this fine or whatever. These laws exist. They already exist mm-hmm. to protect you because you're a human being mm-hmm. and you live in this country. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Anyway, soapbox. <laughs> I think it's great answers though. I think it's my question. It's your, yeah, you're up. I'm trying to think. I got two left, man. So I'm trying to think. Just give me give me the the one that hmm. you want more. Because we're going, uh, we're going both. We're going both. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What what person or situation in history gives you motivation, inspiration, or is on the level of being hero or heroic moment in time that you think about that kind of gives you that oomph? If there is one. Who's the person that gives me like motivation, or maybe like a, or it could be an event, right? Something that happened. <clears throat> mine's uh, my, my, mine's mine's my dad, honestly. Um, so my my father uh, started his own like custom home building company mm-hmm. in like two thousand like six, right? And it was going well. We were living well, um, eating good. You know, I could ask my dad for whatever I wanted. I'd get it, like all this type of stuff, right? Within reason, of course. He usually made me work for whatever they had. I wanted to just get whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 2008 hit. Stock market crash. Mm-hmm. Housing market crash. My dad lost his whole business. Had to file bankruptcy. Uh, shot all the way back down to like the bottom. Um, we went real quick from eating relatively good to like just top ramen, right? Um, living off dollar menu on McDonald's, like it, it, it really hit us hard, but my dad never asked for a handout, never got a handout other than obviously filing for bankruptcy. Some people will say that's a handout. It's wiping your debt. It like resets everything, all type of stuff. But, um, Destroys your had, he, it does. He had to do that though. Like he exhausted every option he could before doing that. He had people on like payroll for his company that he was paying out of his like retirement, mm-hmm. out of his like for like all that type of stuff. He was exhausting every option before having to do that, right? Um, and even after he did that, he still exhausted every option before ever taking anything else or any other assistance. And so, for like having someone or something to like look at and be like, "That's heroic," or "That was noble," or whatever. It it's my dad taking care of me and five other kids or four other kids and uh, while still paying child support because my parents were divorced and he's paying double child support because that's just the kind of guy he was and is and uh, and then you know working at like a 
he had like sell he had to sell his or I think he bought we lost the house. He had like sell a bunch of stuff. Then he had he moved to like uh, Oregon to like reset right, and he was working at like a like a I don't remember the place it was like a hardware store. Mm-hmm. He was like a like a cashier at a hardware store. My dad at like you know forty something is a cashier at a hardware store, but like he ground he 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 grinded and worked his way back up and now he's he's back on cloud nine right he works for a really successful company he's like a project lead uh him and his uh his wife andrea who uh is an amazing woman who like i consider like the mom right um they just they just built like a dream house up on like a hill overlooking a valley like he's the testament of literally raising himself by his bootstraps, having the whole, everything fall on him, but never giving up. And what was, was crazy about it is even, so I graduated in 2011. So there's like three-ish years there of like my high, like my last three years of high school. Um, and during the whole time, yeah, we had to like eat top ramen and a bunch of other stuff, but school-wise, I was in ROTC. That cost him a ton of money. Um, hey. Supplies uh stuff like things like that. none of that changed mm-hmm. on my end but i bet my dad sacrificed a lot of his like a lot of his wants dude that's for my for my wants for that, all my other siblings wants that's definitely the sign of like you're a great parent right that despite yeah. the struggle you didn't notice a drop off as a kid you know and because yeah, my exactly. dad my dad uh wasn't in the air force when i was born but he went in uh i think it was like three three and a half but anyway pretty much the the entirety of the first part of his career he had second jobs or third jobs i think i've said before on this podcast that i have or my dad and i had a paper route right and it it wasn't just like a a father-son bonding thing even though it became that and i have a lot of fond memories that's what you probably thought it was well, sure. Yeah. You know, found out later. Right. So my dad mm-hmm. was getting up, driving into Omaha with me sometimes, not always with me, bagging whatever, 600 newspapers, throwing them in the back of his Bronco, driving all over the place, delivering them, and then coming home and throwing his uniform on, going to work. Okay. And then coming home, eating, and then bouncing at a bar. Like when, when he first joined, my dad worked at McDonald's and in the air force. Cause it was McDonald's near our apartment complex. So he could walk. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just like, again, right. Shout out to, to amazing dads who don't get enough credit, but it's just, yeah, yeah. no, I, I like your, I like your answer. So. Yeah. Cause like we're talking about like childhood memories. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my dad taking me to like job sites. Like, this is before 2008. This is when he was, you know, just like a framer. Or like a, just normal like kind of like beat jobs mm-hmm. at construction sites. You know, he's not a manager or anything like that, but he would take me to construction sites and uh, like I'd be helping him like all type of stuff. But like looking back now as an adult, it's because he couldn't afford daycare, mm-hmm. so I'm going with my dad. But like to me, that was a memory. I'm helping my dad build this house. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I didn't help him with shit. That's probably more of a nuisance than anything. But, right couldn't do anything else with me so he brought me along and it meant a lot to me it was a great it did yeah he he ruined a couple of my shoes because he would take he was like scratch up your toes i'd scratch up my toes and then he would shoot a nail gun through my shoes so i couldn't couldn't run away oh god (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome yeah 
I can't tell you like how many times that I know it happened that I fell asleep in the passenger seat of my dad's Bronco at five thirty in the morning, you know, or in the back seat. And you know, what is what is an eight year old gonna do? I guess, but. Had, had an awesome dad who still had to finish that paper route without me on the other side of the street. Dude, think about that, bro. Like I'm out there. He's out, he's out there with his eight or nine year old son at five 30 in the morning in a, in a neighborhood in a city. And I'm on the other side of the street where he can't see me and I'm throwing newspapers onto patios. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, dude, kids today won't understand. Um, <laughs> nope. Who's yours? Who's your, uh, who's your, who's your hero or whatever? I don't, I don't believe in heroes. I don't have heroes, uh, like that, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, as an adult, I've come to appreciate and learn a lot more about like what it means to be a parent and what my parents went through. So, mm-hmm. um, like to me, just like my parents in general, and understanding that a lot of what my dad went through and experiencing some of it, you know, as a parent and, and, being being in the air force in the military and uh so uh, my answer is very similar to yours yeah we got cool dads cool dads and you're a cool dad and hopefully i'm a cool dad you're gonna be you're gonna be <laughs> i'm a pretty cool dad to cool i guess she loves me more so i guess it works out <laughs> i think you've got one more question good sir i do um mine's kind of in the realm of dads but not not mm. quite there um it has to do with abortions. Um, oh, Jesus. It's, yeah, it's, it's not quite there. It's, it's in the realm. Not quite mm. there. Um, I was going to, I was going to kind of ask you. So, uh, so the people who are like a hundred percent anti-abortion, mm-hmm. like the one you can't have an abortion for like any reason, like it's alive from conception, like all type of stuff should be killed. Okay. Why do they, why do you think they also tend to be the ones who right after a child is born, don't give a crap about like that child anymore. Holy cow. Um, why do I think they tend to be garbage parents? So um, like what I'm getting at is you tend to have like you tend to have like pro life organizations, mm-hmm. pro life okay. uh, institutions, and they're all about like ensuring the child doesn't get aborted and that's born. But then when it comes to but then those organizations do almost nothing for like um uh adoption centers or like kids who like their families or like their parents abandon them so it's like once the child is born they don't care about its survivability anymore that's what i'm kind of getting at i mean there could be multiple answers for that right i mean it could be that your organization only cares to you know focus on the abortion piece even though there there is way more on the other end of that right yeah um so i guess there's that you know, if you have to concert all your efforts into one area, then that's what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I, th- I think that I think the answer that comes to the surface the most is these people care about a bottom line more than anything. And whether that bottom line is ideologically driven or um, driven through some sort of religious philosophy is, you know, whatever that's it doesn't matter you know there's there's some, there's some motivation there i think that's what they care about most and maybe at the root of that there's some sort of control over other people or or 
when you're projecting your ideas and projecting your ideology that you're in a way putting yourself on a pedestal because you're now you're now attributing yourself to that ideology or that religion so you yourself can't be argued with if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah and so that would be that's the answer that comes to the surface to me the most is that that is that is what it is that it's it's projection and caring only about bottom line yeah now i was gonna i was gonna kind of touch on like typically these organizations are very like christian right obviously Mm -hmm. very christian oriented Mm -hmm. and i can't think of any other organization that like like just Christians as a whole, not just an individual organization, but Christians as a whole who are more like, I guess, giving, right? They give so much of like their time, their money, like a whole bunch of stuff. And whether you think religion is good or not, or like if you think certain religions are just like taking money or whatever, they still give a lot. And kind of what I'm getting at here is, yes, they're pushing for like that child to be born, mm-hmm. not being aborted, for that life to come to fruition all this type of stuff um but i don't think they're necessarily like the second the kid's born is like oh all right back to, to, the, to the next embryo right that i still think they care about these kids and there's a whole bunch of like uh organizations or like stuff that they're probably giving funds to or aid to that help by proxy for this stuff it kind of goes into like it, it it's a you're talking about dichotomies it's kind of like a dichotomy with the uh you get people who are like anti like open borders mm-hmm. um, and they'll like try to they'll like come up to like usually it's like a conservative it comes to like the liberal of the thing and they'll be like hey we have we have someone who just crossed the border illegally do you need somewhere to stay can you stay at your house mm-hmm. and the person's like no he can't stay in my house but it's kind of like the same concept like they reverse it for like the people who are like mm-hmm. um, anti-abortion like hey this kid was just born but the parents are going to take care of it are you going to take care of it it's like, I get what you're saying there and whatever, but like, it doesn't need to be like so very specific or yeah. direct. No, it, those just things because, become gotcha, be, gotcha arguments. Yeah. They're so stupid. It's, it's yes, they, they're anti-abortion, but that doesn't mean they're anti-kid once the kid's born. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. And I know of so many uh, like Christians and, uh, and people in that kind of like realm who do adopt because they do understand like this type of stuff. So I, I it, it's a question that was thought of or brought up by uh, someone I was kind of like asking for ideas and stuff, like get like better questions. So I kind of tailored it a little bit better, but it, I, I think it's a, I, I mostly wanted to talk about the discussion of the question, not so much the answer. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. yeah. No, I mean, I, the majority of religious people that I've met, um, whether they're Christian or Muslim or whatever, tend to be have been really good people who care about other people. And I met, mm-hmm. I have met plenty of, and and I just think that by sheer number and volume that you're gonna, you meet more Christians than anything, right? So, yeah, um, in the United States at least. In the United States, yeah, I have met ton of people who are religious who I'm like, man, you're kind of a piece of shit, or maybe not even that you're. A piece of shit but that your your worldview is so narrow that you are causing harm does that make sense mm-hmm. or you're not yeah you're not being valuable um so it's just but i agree with you that the majority of religious people that i have met 
care about others and they care about being a good person and caring Mm -hmm. about caring about being a good person genuinely comes with baked in caring about others. So, I mean, I agree with that. I think there's a lot of people that, and and us, it is one of my cousins, um, he's adopted and my, my aunt and uncle decided that that's what they wanted to do. And that's great. And now I have a really awesome cousin that I wouldn't have otherwise biologically, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and the sad thing is, is there's a lot of children in the United States that need to be adopted. You know what I mean? And I wish that there was an answer for that. Um, and there, there really isn't one without, some mandating something that somebody isn't going to like, you know, and that just sucks. And, you know, I wish I had an answer for that. It's a really serious problem. Um, And it sucks. It really does. Um, You know, the kids have to grow up that way, feeling unwanted because you're doing lifelong damage. And you see uh, there's, I've seen people that are, that interview homeless people and so many of them, you talk to them, especially the younger ones will tell you that they were in and out of foster homes and now and you look at them and their their face is ruined because they're on meth and have been on meth since they were 17 or whatever. And there's really mm-hmm. almost no hope for that person. And that really sucks, you know. And, yeah. and, and there's some people that are like, you know, whatever, that's their decision. I don't care or whatever. And like, to me, I care. You know what I mean? A- am I going to go out and bring these people into my home? No, I'm not. But I, you know, I get, I don't know. It doesn't, I'm not saying it makes me a better person that I have empathy for them. It's just, Mm -hmm. there's never going to be a solution is all I'm trying to say. Cause you have people who care and people who don't and people that go the extra mile with their care. You know, I just, you know, there's no, as as long as there's human beings, there's going to be, there's going to be pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. So even if there wasn't human beings to be pain and suffering. Yeah. So I'm getting at is that you're never going to have a law or, or, or govern your way into utopia. So, yep. but speaking of really, your, really last one? speaking of really cool places, uh, like Utopia, I don't know if that's a cool place. Um, <laughs> Sir, Sir Thomas More, so. Sir Thomas More thought it was enough to write a book about it. But um, have you ever heard of um, Oriana, Francisco de Oriana? And the city of El, El Dorado. I have heard of yeah. El Dorado. It's the city of gold right. in South America, perceived. Right. right. So you've probably heard of Francisco Pizarro, right? Spanish conquistador known for conquering the Incas. Uh, no, I don't know this person oh. specifically. Okay. Um, well, he's a very well-known conquistador, right? Again, like I mm-hmm. said, specifically for his actions on conquering the Incan Empire. Um, mm-hmm. But his brother, his name was Gonzalo Pizarro, and Francisco de Oriana went on an expedition from Cuzco, which is the city capital there of the um, Incan Empire. They were based Mm -hmm. out of there because of Gonzalo's brother. And essentially, they were looking for El Dorado. Oriana and Pizarro were looking for El Dorado. And along their path... They decided that they were going to split ways, that Oriana was going to keep traveling over the water, and uh, Pizarro was going to go by land. And they never actually linked up ever again after that. Um, and and Pizarro, Gonzalo Pizarro kind of basically said that um, Oriana went like AWOL, essentially. But Oriana is also attributed with like, quote unquote, discovering the Amazon River because he made it all the way through the Amazon and, and came out in the Atlantic, right? 
And that's where the the name Amazon comes from, because so Oriana described all of these cultures along the Amazon River, these massive cities and large groups of people, even a warrior tribe of women, which, you know, that's mm-hmm. where the term Amazon comes from, from the, the pressure of the Greek myth. And um, mm-hmm. Oriana told these tales, actually went back to Spain and told these tales of these cultures, these massive cities on, on the Amazon River. And so he he on his way back ended up unfortunately dying on the expedition on his way back with other people that were going to explore and those those expeditions fell apart because he died but they did not find right all these cities that oriana talked about right so my question to you is with a lot of the discoveries that knowing potentially about a lot of the discoveries that have happened using LIDAR in the Amazon jungle and finding a lot of these old ruins and stuff like that, that were that the jungle essentially has overtaken, Oriana was mm-hmm. blamed um, or was accused of essentially lying to garner people to go on this expedition just looking for El Dorado, right? Yeah. And, or to get the his all his gut with Spain to get his government to get to money to go in right there. exactly yeah and so they the allegation was essentially because they didn't find these people when they went up and down the Amazon anymore they didn't find these cities right and so there would have been years between when Oriana was there originally and when he left and tried to come back although he died like I said on nearly the end of the expedition when he almost made it back to what's now South mm-hmm. America right so my question to you is is do you think that he was lying, right? Or exaggerating, I should say. Or do you think that potentially some of these ruins they found recently with using LIDAR, he was actually telling the truth and something happened to those people like disease or something like that that killed them off because of the interactions they had with the Europeans? I don't think he was lying. Mm-hmm. Or he could have probably stressed... He probably exaggerated a little bit, I would assume. But mm-hmm. I've, I've seen the lighter stuff. I've watched like whole documentaries, yeah. like hour longs about these. And mm-hmm. There's like whole, like a lot of civilizations that exist underneath the brush. Dude, there was like, even a kid that found some ruins. Cities. Yeah, there's a kid that found some ruins because of the of um, star patterns. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. But yeah, no, I, I don't think he's exaggerating. But so if it, if it was like years, right? So you have like an outside entity that I'm assuming is probably more advanced than your tribe, right? They got, like, these big old boats. Uh, they probably got some gunpowder guns, like a whole bunch of stuff, right? Horses. Um, yeah, horses. I would assume at first you would be relatively friendly to this new outsider because you don't know what their capabilities are. Mm-hmm. So you'd be, like, telling them, yeah, there's a whole bunch of tribes here. There's, like, this, there's that, there's whatever. And then those people tell you, cool we're gonna come back i want to like talk to you more we're gonna have more people yada 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 right and you're like okay yeah sure that's no big deal so you're gonna leave and come back with more yeah so they leave what would you do as your tribe like they're coming back with more of what they just had you gotta sit around away from the show up or do you bounce i wouldn't i i actually disagree with your premise if you're saying that you think that they abandoned their city, I think they bounced. Yeah, I disagree. I think they bounced. Why? Because I don't think you spend the time establishing a society like that just to abandon all of it and retreat into the forest to start over, um, out of fear. Because let's like, consider the fact the society's that society's not as 
that's where I'm getting the exaggeration. Maybe the society's not as big as it like he said it was. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's like, oh, it's like ten thousand, but it was like, like eight hundred. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like eight hundred could easily like if they're tribe enough, they're mm-hmm. close enough, could easily be like, hey, we should probably should probably leave this and go somewhere else or whatever. Because if, if it was just a short year, because it was a, it was several years. Vegetations, yeah, yeah, for like several years, but like several years he's still alive so it's like what within like 10 15 20 years like tops probably mm-hmm. right before he's coming on his way back i don't think entire civilization is just gonna be wiped out in that time and i, I mean it's it's, think... it's documented that it, that's there'd, happened there'd be though. a lot of them i know but like there's a lot of them in a very specific area and then also how would they not find the ruins of it like i know i mean the jungle reclaims really fast yeah, maybe I'm just not well over versed years. in, mm-hmm. yeah, in like exactly how quickly that could take over. Like I do know, like I, I've seen stuff like if New York City just everyone disappeared from New York City, it would take like the Earth, like most of those stuff would actually disappear because they're not mm-hmm. like they're not like the pyramids where they would last. Yeah, right. They're yeah. like they're more synthetic than mm-hmm. like what the pyramids are. Mm-hmm. So like they would all like disappear pretty quickly. Yeah, it was, but it's it's not like ten fifteen years. It's like hundreds right um up, upwards of like just shy of like a thousand but new york city theoretically in like roughly like a thousand years or less if all people just disappeared and then like you showed up later you wouldn't know a giant city was there mm. like it would just be grass and trees and animals you'd have no idea unless you started like actively digging or whatever um yeah i, I guess i just don't have the well-versed knowledge to understand how quickly jungle would take over. Yeah. Or maybe like, how many or how large the civilizations were that he said were there. This was, this is something that is like Indiana Jones type of thing, right? Like he's even, Oriana's even like referenced in those movies, but mm-hmm. um, conversations that are had, like was, was he being, you know, exaggerating? Was he lying? Right. Because, Again, it's this argument of are is lore and oral tradition that that early cultures pass along. Is it just stories, or did something like that happen, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's been now attributed to just story, you know. But and who's or, to say? And I was, I was gonna say, who's to say that like the like yeah, he probably talked to certain like groups and people, or mm-hmm. he would just come up with this idea randomly. But who's to say he didn't talk to like one group or two groups and those groups told him there's like way more but there isn't you know what i mean i mean that that could be it could be and i i get what you're trying to say but what like what i'm saying is is i see less value in taking the time to bullshit your way down the amazon river knowing what i know about the amazon and how arduous and dangerous <laughs> of a place that is Knowing yeah. that eventually you're going to return across the Atlantic Ocean, and you know you the 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 royalty on the other side of the pond already knows that there's people over there, right? Yeah. One of your conquistadors has already conquered an entire civilization. You know, there's kind of no point to lying about you know going back because you you got to figure that they're gonna send you back. You know what I mean? With supplies yeah. and money and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. Um, I just think to me, like knowing now that there's all these, these ruins and large 
large city size ruins being discovered using lidar in the jungle like i kind of think he was being honest you know and it's true like i'm not saying that the possibility of him exaggerating or, or even lying doesn't exist yeah, i'm sure i'm sure it being... does right yeah and then let's let's consider the fact that you know this person is traveling for a long period of time and even mm. even a couple of weeks after an event your memory of it becomes skewed so you know yeah. maybe i was gonna say i don't think he's actively being right deceitful. exactly yeah, yeah you get you get what i'm trying to say that yeah, so yeah. I, I guess all i'm trying to say is is i do think that the amazon was as plentiful with civilization and human beings as he was probably implying or saying at I, the time yeah i agree with that yeah and who's to say that like the people that like went back there with him that you know he died along the way who's to say that like he's the one who's mainly invested right and then he dies and then they get there they probably look a little bit but they don't know exactly where to look that's basically what happened sure yeah it it fell apart and then they're just like you know fuck this shit and they left Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of like a it's like it's like a joke it's like a it's a gambling joke and it's like the gambler who stopped he's like he's like digging in a like a trench and Mm -hmm. he stopped and like right Uh, there's the diamonds yeah 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 exactly it, it's if like them, just what keep if they were going actually, yeah what if he was what if that group was there and they just didn't go enough because they're like well the dude died i don't want to get too invested in this i don't know what's going on i'd much rather get back to my like six wives Mama back Sita. home and my mistress so i'm gonna turn mm-hmm. around and yeah go back i mean maybe yeah i just to me it's always made me wonder like because it's, it's when you learn about all the destruction of literature and uh, you know, infrastructure that happened because in the name of conquest, yeah. it's just, it really sucks. And that's my emotional answer, right? Like, you, you know, yours about the, the, this global cabal of, of population mm-hmm. reduction mm-hmm. is, is I would like to think that, you know, he wasn't lying and that there was actually up and down the Amazon river. Cause that just makes sense. You know, if you're a civilization, you need to be near a water source, you know? So we've, yeah, we've talked about it in the first popcorn podcast like if you could go back in time and witness something going yeah. on you don't alter it like that's one of them mm-hmm. like i I'd, I'd go to south america like that place was teeming with so much like mm-hmm. activity civilizations um and then there's like so many like cross references between them and like egypt like other so oh, like, yeah there's there's so much unique stuff and uh I, I wish I wish we had a better record of it, or could have like seen it or mm-hmm. something. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we probably won't ever know. Never know. But you know what I do know? What's that? I know that that was my last question, and I think that this is a oh. good spot to wrap it up, man. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna, out. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a real quick shout out to our sponsors. Um, obviously, everybody knows we got Red Clover Coffee in the house. Some amazing coffee, veteran-owned business. Please go check them out. When you check out our sponsors, you purchase something from them. You don't just help us; you help them, and it's it's supposed to be a mutual thing, right? So, um, mm-hmm, we got that mm-hmm. discount code for you. If you go over to RedCloverCoffee.com, or you can find them on our Instagram through our highlights. Uh, it says promos. You can find them and our other sponsor. Use code Came With Fire for ten percent off your purchase. I had some red clover coffee this morning and this afternoon, actually. And uh, yeah, doubled it up. And then our other sponsor, Sheep's Clothing LLC. Uh, They are seeking to support people who are survivors of violent circumstance and those who practice the violent arts and disciplines. 
Um, so if you want to get some discounted merch or equipment from them, highly recommend it. Um, shout out to them as well. You can use code FIRE10 at checkout for 10% off. Um, again, you know, when you, when you support them, you support us and, uh, we really appreciate Red Clover Coffee and Sheep's Clothing. So Zach, awesome conversation as always, sir. I know it's late where you're at, so I'm gonna let you get out of here and go get some sleep because in, in, uh, several months you're gonna, you're gonna wish you had more sleep. Yeah. I've, I've heard that before. Oh, it's the um, truth, brother. Cool. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know it's going to be daunting, but I, I'm just, you're gonna, you're gonna kill it, so. dude. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. All right, man. Good night. Good night. And thanks for listening, everyone. Really appreciate it. See ya.